0: I've been ruminating on this a lot lately so i feel like people in our generation especially will see like a lot of film footage or photos and go like oh that looks so like pretty and nostalgic i wonder if okay i guess like the next generation's like the alpha generation like i wonder if they'll see like our shitty like flip phone videos and be like that's so like pretty and nostalgic and interesting. Like I that might
1: ha-
2: <laughs> like,
1: happen.
0: I don't know. I'll, I'll ask some kids in twenty years, I guess. But
1: <laughs> I don't know.
3: Maybe I, I maybe. I no, know. no. Know. Here's what I think. I, I think. It I think I think
1: people will look back and be like, "Oh my god, I get to see video like so many." There's so many videos of 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 my great grandmother. Yeah. You know, yeah, but but they're all her like <laughs> like doing TikToks and shit yeah i know <laughs> It <ridiculous>. makes me <laughs> <sad>. so anxious <laughs> maybe i'm being nostalgic but we just
3: we grew up in such an interesting time because it's like i feel like you talked you see interviews with directors in their like 30s 40s 50s and older than that obviously and they're like yeah i started out like making little stupid movies on my super 8 camera and i'm like yeah like wow that must be awful like it looks so good it's like grainy (laughs) and like there's not a ton of resolution but it looks beautiful like film has always looked beautiful we're like we grew up making movies on like the worst possible (laughs) digital shit box you've ever seen in your life (laughs) and like I you put in those dumb cassette tapes and there's like lines all over the screen (laughs) and it's like lower resolution than super 8 but like It was the digital revolution. All our parents were like, let's throw out these like nice film cameras and like switch over to these terrible cameras. It's
1: all about the the poetic imperfection. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Tom Profit Take, a show that pursues nuanced perspectives on life and filmmaking from someone aspiring to be the best writer director they can be. Today's episode is Take 17 with Lisa Sweeney and Michael Flynn. Lisa is an actress. She was in the film Real Oranges that I was cinematographer on in 2021. It was super fun getting to meet you and talk with you and to work with you. And now I'm getting to meet your friend, Michael Flynn, who is a film director and cinematographer. You're sim- a yeah, well, cinematographer. And uh, you both you're, you're holding the camera in the picture. So you, yeah. you both you both made a project recently that I'm really looking forward to. It's called Closed Seams. Uh, we'll probably get into that and many other things. Uh, let me know if there's anything else you'd like to add or change about the intro. Um, yeah. Could I use my.
0: Formal name of that.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I, sh- I, yeah, I should have updated the, yeah go, yeah, go for it.
0: Oh, um, it's, should I introduce myself? Or- <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, it, yeah. it's Lisa Kanondong Sweeney. But-
1: okay, okay. Yeah, how, how do you pronounce, how do you, uh, um, not it's like how do you spell Codon-Dang.
0: it? Out? Like, it's spelled like car and dang. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Car
0: and it's such a mouthful.
1: I feel Sorry, I, I, I put Lisa people, Sweeney like- no, for short totally into the, my phone and I was like, and so, uh, and then I I end up putting that on here. So, no, that's fine. Okay.
0: And I think, um, director, maybe? Yeah. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll yeah, I can just go with director, I suppose. Okay. I, I hold the camera, but I'm not a cinematographer. Oh, right. no. No. Wait. Just you you, so,
1: you, uh, uh, I mean, you, I sh- sometimes hold the camera. But you shoot, <laughs> you shoot a lot on film?
3: Uh, yeah. I try to, I try to make the movies i can on film uh it's like something i'm pretty passionate about mm-hmm. like my favorite directors still love to work on film and um it like brings kind of that like seriousness to the set i think uh yeah. and it it has it has a texture that's very difficult to achieve with with digital um yeah it not impossible but very difficult to achieve and
1: no you can't i, I don't you know I, i'm at least not yet you can't really uh, you can't really match the look of film. the The only thing is like the only my thing with like I, I'd like to ask your take on film versus digital. We'll we we'll get into like all these debates for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and uh, I got to talk about what John said about film versus digital when when I was, when, when say, I was
0: this yeah is a recurring theme for uh,
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so he well, so I'll get into that. But uh, when it comes to film versus digital, um, actually I'll start with John what he said. Um, he was. <laughs> when uh it was actually when i was asking about the state of filmmaking today he brought up they that he, they should get rid of digital systems of making films i'm like wait i, I just looked at my camera i was like i think i put it i think i posted a clip of it. He did i watched it and, and then um yeah sorry i'm just adjusting audio i'm 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 not used to this oh, so good. basically it was like um he was saying that that like everybody can make films nowadays everybody can post videos and there's such a influx of content and I agree like I used to like when I started filmmaking I was that was what I believed and and I believe that I mean I, I believe that's very true and I think it is a problem of getting content out there that's quality and 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 you know going through, getting through the noise breaking through the noise and there's ways of doing it and you have to find those out and it's but I've learned lately uh, that quality is or quantity is quality if you know what i mean like sorry i keep adjusting i'm like i can't i can't choose (laughs) um quality is quantity because the more you do something the more like the better you get at it the more the more you finish things well um Mm -hmm. the more you learn things and about filmmaking and that's why i like digital because you can just do a lot with it you can just keep you know creating with it really at a fast rate but then a lot of crap gets made but yeah and then so but that that's what john said that's my thought on that but i don't know what yeah. your, was your thought on it
3: um i yeah i think uh i wouldn't say we should get rid of digital cameras. <laughs> so good you won't be able to you won't be able to make your podcast anymore yeah no uh, no no we could do it on film <laughs> it'd yeah, be really no, expensive <laughs> certainly not um but i think it's uh I think there is something to be said for um, the ability that digital uh, methods of capture have made the average person able to create things that was never previously possible. Um, But yeah, I think it can also create this saturated market. I mean, I, I think one of the issues with the industry right now is that the mid-budget movie doesn't really seem to exist much anymore Mm -hmm. outside of like a couple every year like this year you know there's licorice pizza i guess i have to see it still it's really good really good um pta the master (laughs) um that was a double entendre there that was not intentional (laughs) um even like and even some of those like spielberg or like scorsese films you know you get those every couple years but that like that 40 million dollar 50 million dollar movie has kind of gone away um and i think it's largely because studios have figured out they can either make a billion dollars funding existing ip like marvel movies Mm -hmm. and churning out just basically tv shows that you put in theaters love a lot of them myself like they're entertaining but Essentially just creating these TV shows you put in theaters, make a ton of money off these super high budget things, or you spend, you know, a very small amount of money, um, to just have Netflix or Amazon buy it. And, uh, always usually shot digitally and with like as few crew and people as possible. Um, and like, I don't know, the, the movies that like Spielberg and Scorsese and PTA and even like Christopher Nolan, he's high on the higher end of the budget, of course. But um, the movies they make, all film guys as well, I feel like, are kind of what I fell in love with. And um, yeah, I think like the I think the digital revolu- revolution has created more accessibility for more people to make movies. But it's subsequently kind of killed whether that's specifically digital's fault or not it's mm-hmm. we kind of don't get that 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 mid-budget thing that we used to get um, in my in my opinion
1: I don't know no I, th- I think <laughs> you're right it's uh, I mean part of me wonders what if it's just cell phones yeah you know, I, I, this is right. a theory like I feel like social media and, and, and like phones and technology <laughs> just technology Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's changed culture and it's, it's made people's attention span and so much shorter. And I think that's part of it. It, uh, Technologies in general, technology for digital filmmaking, technology for, for, for social media and, and because like they create algorithms that are basically Mm -hmm. training, train to, you know, they, they train based on us and we're training them and they're training us to like to like be more addicted to them yeah so that like they make more money the scroll like the
3: the infinite tiktok scroll that i'm guilty of myself i'm starting
1: it i'm I'm getting into that now i know it's terrible (laughs) um
3: but yeah it's like uh i our attention spans are pretty short i know i saw um I saw the new Guillermo del Toro film recently Nightmare Alley Mm -hmm. and that's that's one of those kind of mid budget movies completely flopped at the box office Mm. one because Disney buried it under Spider-Man on release weekend. But um, secondly, it's, it's a very long movie and it's like the type of movie it's like two and a half hours, but it does feel long and I'm like, I loved it. But like, what is wrong with my attention span? Because I used to be able to like watch this type of movie no problem. Yeah. And now I'm like in the third act. I'm like, man, this is kind of. <laughs> I have to pee. Like I'm in the theater. I can't like pause it. Is like, it what?
1: streaming too? Like I think the it is. fact you that you can
3: I'm, pause it. Yeah. Here's
1: the thing. I uh, and I'm. This is a terrible thing to say, but I'm so I'm so guilty of this. But like, th- th- no, this is deliberate. Like I actually forced myself not to finish. A full film, um, like when I watch Criterion Channel or something, like uh, if it's a Criterion Channel movie or something, mm-hmm. it's just there. Like, f- in terms of being a better writer, the next day I have to, I have to only watch half of something. Interesting, or or like or a bit a, a chunk of it, mm-hmm. um, because if I watch a full thing for some reason, I'm just I'm stumped because mm-hmm. I can't I, I for whatever reason I can't write as well. Like I'm I I maybe I'm just I don't know if it's because I'm, uh, you know, I'm still processing like on a deep level what I watched or I'm trying to replicate it and I can't, you yeah. know, like it's, I, I don't know what it is, but I just found that one day and I stopped watching like the, the day before a writing day. Like I stopped, um, watching full, uh, criterion films. Um, Interesting. and I. And I, it's like, it's not even that I can't. Sometimes I want to. Like, a, like I started watching because John recommended Wong Kar Love Wong Kar Wai. <laughs> and, and you know what? After watching his, like, all of his films, all, not all of them, but, like, most of them that I could watch on there, uh, I just, now I'm, like, shooting on wider lenses all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I wish we did that for all of, like, Real Oranges. I'm like, yeah. like, he wanted to do the subway stuff and, and really ultra wide. And I was like, are you sure about this? And then now I'm. Then one day I was like, for the dinner sketch, or dinner, I, I'm going to call them films from now on. I used to call them sketches. But like, like we we, I was taking a day, like I took 10 hours one day planning everything, every shot and all the lighting. I'd never done that before. I just wanted to do it to see what would happen. And I looked at all the footage thinking I'd love it. Looked at it, hated it. I was like, mm-hmm. this looks like garbage. And I shot it on like my, like on Sigma 18 to 35s, great mm-hmm. lens. I love them. Um, always shot things on it, but I just looked back and I was, I was like, "I can do better than this." I don't, I didn't know how. And then I put on like an ultra wide lens that we used like for real oranges, and I was like, "This looks way better. this This could let's do this." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like my gut told me, like, what if we shot it wider? And I think it's because uh, I, I and I'll give you a quick caveat or a quick uh, tangent, um, like Kubrick i once heard do you ever, do you ever listen to the, the interview with kubrick where it's like an hour it's like 90 minutes long mm-hmm. and it's like on youtube somewhere but he i don't know if it's like a reporter somebody at, asking him questions but he talked about how you got to learn as a filmmaker to take a picture of a picture or a photographer um and i i don't know what he meant by that exactly because i'm not kubrick <laughs> but i know from what i thought it meant i think he meant like you need you know, not just the composition, but compositions mm-hmm. within the composition. You know, if you if you're gonna take a picture of like Lisa, why not take a picture of Lisa and the environment she's in, and and in relation to the environment she's in, or or Michael and Lisa, and and like I also look for opportunities in scenes to shoot as much from one angle as possible, like for like and and and, and you get you allow everything to play out from one angle, and then you get that one entire long take. I love doing that because yeah. it's like when you're cutting together different performances different takes the performances are always different there's a the the tone is different always and it's like hard to get a matching performance to cut to unless you're i mean i mean and i mean if you're a perfectionist and it's yeah that's the thing i struggle with
3: well if you can afford to do a hundred thousand takes of yeah i was gonna say david fincher Fincher or or kubrick but yeah most most of us are on a time crunch, I feel. Um, so,
1: What's your process in terms of, of directing? Like, like, do you do a lot of takes or? No. Uh, oh, we, you're shooting on film. Yeah, what am shooting... I thinking? <laughs> no, 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 But I mean, it's a fair question. I
3: But even before I was able to kind of come up with a budget to be able to like shoot some stuff on mm-hmm. film um, on my like T3I days, I've always been like that. That if we get it on the third take or the second take, we don't we don't need another one. So it's mm-hmm. it's um, I mean, sometimes one for safety, of course. But like if if we get it, if we get what I want in a minimal amount of takes, there's no reason to keep doing takes. That's just like tiring out yeah. actors, tiring out crew. Um, so I try to shot list in a way where we get a lot of coverage for. Um, a lot of directed coverage i should Mm -hmm. say not just like setting up a camera and having the actions take place but like deliberate coverage that can um cover a lot of the scene at once kind of like what you just said um i think i think my i think my instinct is to get every scene in like one shot um that Mm -hmm. obviously doesn't always happen but like closed seams has a couple designed shots where we were like okay this is this feels like a one or here. This feels like a oneer here, and and they're not long, like it's like a minute at most. But kind of that like Spielberg style, mm-hmm. uh, uh, get you know block the scene out. A lot of movies don't have the best blocking anymore, and I try and I try and think about that when I'm directing. Um, so yeah, not a lot of takes, I should say.
1: Do you find that it answer? helps you like like because it forces you to be decisive, mm-hmm. it, and that I, that's something I. i'm trying to teach myself now because i heard from an interview with matthew mcconaughey that that's like what sorry i keep going on like so many tangents but it's like uh he he uh matthew mcconaughey said that like christopher nolan's not a perfectionist when he worked with him on interstellar Mm -hmm. like he you'd think he'd be a perfectionist i thought he was but he he likes the imperfections he embraces the imperfections and i'm like and, and and also i feel like from hearing this i'm like it's it's one of those things where you you get the minimal amount that you need but like but where it's solid and then you move forward you're to if you're decisive if you kind of train yourself to be decisive yeah you progressively get m- better at it i feel like if you go the david fincher route often you it just it becomes the same thing each time Yeah,
3: it starts feeling i i love a lot of fincher's movies mm-hmm. um but i i think that there's my my gut just tells me if i did direct like that it would just he can do it well i would be too artificial like it's like it starts feeling almost robotic in a way when you're like so ultra precise Mm -hmm. um i think i i think i tend to strive i i'd call myself a little bit of a perfectionist Mm -hmm. but it's almost like i think my directing style is like it's like I I am a perfectionist, but I don't want it to look like I'm a perfectionist. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like that's why it's like I'm I'm all handheld setups, and if we're if the camera move doesn't have to be exactly perfect, but it's kind of that like fake Dogma ninety five style that it's it's supposed to look imperfect, but I want it to be perfect. I don't know. Yeah, if that makes
1: sense yeah, that. yeah. Like poetically perfect. Yeah,
3: poetically imperfect. Po- poetically yeah.
1: imperfect. That's a better point. Yeah. For me. yeah.
3: And I think Lisa has probably seen that. I mean, on close scenes, it would be like sometimes I care really a lot about some specific thing. And then other times I'm just like, right, it's fine. It's fine. We can do We can go for it. We can go for it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's difficult to say. I mean, when you're on set, there's always like a time crunch. So sometimes you can't tell watching other people if it's because there's a time crunch or just something that lines up with them more artistically. but
3: yeah I, think I know what you
0: mean <laughs> yeah it's a little bit
3: it's a little bit of both i think our second shooting day we definitely were yeah, on a time crunch, which tough. which which may maybe motivated some decisions that looking back in the edit i'm like hmm, should have <laughs> done that what, what was it
1: what, what was the was the time crunch and what, what what did it what happened like that uh you didn't feel was was done perfectly or whatever um uh, as well as it could have been
3: yeah i i think it's just i think it was uh we had a lot of pages scheduled that day. There's only really two major locations um, in the film. Uh, there's there's a house location, a stu- like a, a sewing room location, uh, which Lisa's character in the film constructs her pieces in. Um, and then there's a studio location on the photo shoot of the day which has like subsection locations with it. So it was just like a lot of lighting setups and like almost set construction in a way. Um, like we kind of did create like a dressing room just with like combo stands and speed rail and curtains, which was a whole thing. So it was just like a lot of moving parts for like an already very ambitious day. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's almost like, uh, this one was time it was like time um i guess probably more uh if i was a better director i would have been able to get the stuff i wanted in that time better but you know with we're still happy with what we have like it's Mm -hmm. like i think it's i think it's going to be a really strong film
1: so (laughs) how was your how did that get started uh close seams
0: um also our writer
3: so.
1: yeah we, we wrote <laughs> i wrote it uh i don't
3: know exactly it it almost was like it i had this i this very basic idea um of a, a seamstress and a photo shoot location and maybe there was a there was a model that the seamstress might kind of like and flirt with a little bit um And then I wrote a wrote like a actual story into that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I think it was I I feel like I kind of told Lisa the idea of it and she liked it. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll write this. And then it was we felt it was good enough that we tried to make it into a movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say it felt like upon reading it very producible. Mm -hmm. And I know not to speak on your behalf, but I think that was a moment where you were uncertain about what project you wanted to work on next. And I don't know. I I just wanted to push you (laughs) because I also selfishly wanted to try like producing something for the first time. And um, this felt, yeah, like very producible. So I thought it was very, I don't know, a good choice for my first time trying to produce something in your first film out of film Film
3: school. school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, that's actually, that is a good point. I, I had, it, it You produced it so well that I had almost forgotten you had never done it before. So I was like, didn't even remember to bring that up, that, that part up. But yeah, I mean, I think after my thesis film at Temple, which was like a very ambitious, like war movie, essentially, oh, um, uh, it, I decided to, I wanted to pull back a little bit and do something, do something less, What do something that's less expensive but with more money, if that makes sense? Like, I had less money for my thesis film than we did for this, but it the money in this one went to better, like, it it was put to better use, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, like more production value per minute. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, how, how, yeah, because, uh, when you described it to me what i thought was really you you, you described it as you're doing a project we were, we were talking real oranges when we were having lunch or dinner i don't know what it was oh
0: yes i i forgot we were that was like a similar timeline actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we were uh you were talking about how um like you guys were trying to do a project with and make it you know use kind of produce something with as much budget as possible yes. um and I mean, that's what I thought was really interesting. I was like, oh, oh man, why don't I ever do that? <laughs> I'm always, I'm always trying to figure out how to make it seem like how to give the illusion mm-hmm. of production value. And to me, the illusion is like, or it's not the illusion. It's what matters is it's like, it's, it's the people and the, their performances, the writing um, and how well prepared everybody is and 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 then you know if you have like uh you know how well it's lit um and and it's like you you can use like there's a lot of i I mean i've gotten new lighting equipment since real oranges but there's a lot you can do with even simple lights if you know how to do it like just i mean especially you you can really easily i think you can really easily pull off great lighting if you can make it look soft mm. or or you know i and that's and, and also you know you know how to use it with shadows you know how to mm-hmm. use the you know when they use right temp color temperatures Just, it, the way it all come, comes together and i i think what's what's his name who was playing uh mark mark from real oranges he, he asked me like how what my how i do the cinematography and i didn't know so and, and then the <laughs> next day i had an answer for him and uh I, I came up with like five principles. I won't go into them now because I I don't want to like be the person who's like 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 you <laughs> right. guys came to talk and hear me. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Uh, I, not that I haven't done that in the past. but fine. Uh, it's like I there's so there's there's like things that you can learn. Um, especially when you're shooting on digital, you can shoot so much and practice so much. Um, mm-hmm. and that you can learn with like equipment that is is I mean, relatively affordable. I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's you know i I, when i when i say i want to do a world war ii film people are like oh okay like like like, like you got a million dollars to do it yeah and i'm like i don't need a million dollars i just need a million million dollars um in terms, i just need priceless actors i need a priceless script and i need you know priceless experience yeah Yeah. that's what i need and
0: yeah oh no no i was gonna say it's funny you say this because i feel like we've had this discussion like maybe every day for the yeah, last no, month. A lot recently. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, um, go into it, go into it. Uh, no, no, this. I was gonna say it's so yeah, while we did say that we want a lot of production value per minute with with closed seams. I still think there's a lot of value in like lower budget movies. Like you <laughs> said, it's I mean, it opens the door for people that don't necessarily have like mommy and daddy's money to make films, <laughs> which I unfortunately feel um, a lot of people that are able to get to a point of like success in filmmaking have that leverage over other people um, to no fault of their own. You know, if you're born with it, use it. But um, so that's why I think digital, while I like love film and the texture it brings about, it does open that door to a lot of like marginalized groups or people that otherwise really wouldn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And going into that, I think, um, unfortunately, it's sort of what, Larger budget films have over like smaller budget films is if it doesn't have heart you have the money to cover that I think um, whereas if you have a lower budget film you can really tell if no one cared or not but I think a lot of lower budget films can be really really impactful to their larger budget counterpart um, I know one of my favorite professors shot a movie that I really or a feature film that I really really enjoyed personally. Maybe I'm biased because she's my favorite professor, (laughs) but she shot that on like a 5D on a really small like shoestring budget. There are a lot of really good like mumblecore movies out there also that um, really don't have the most insane funding, but you can tell when like a crew and cast care or don't care about a project with smaller budgets just because they don't have the money to like cover that unfortunately.
3: yeah, It is all about the story in the end, the story and how it's told. Mm -hmm.
0: And also, yeah, again, like, I know it's so cliche to say, but like really the heart that is behind a film is really, really important for big budgets or low budgets. Um, I don't know. I think that can make or break any movie. But unfortunately, with like lower budget films, like you really, really have to solidify that in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're no, (laughs) your humble opinion is right. (laughs) No, it's I, I, I I mean, you're you're mentioning 40 million dollar films. Yeah and you know like like i mean no like that's no it's a good point because it's like all a lot of great filmmakers like like I, I when i was working on real oranges going into that like i was listening a lot to and i mentioned like roger deacon's podcast him and his <laughs> wife do a podcast and i was listening to a crap load of those and and it really taught me how to kind of be a better dp i think in terms of just uh like like a lot of little things um especially, you know, I started using an app with a, like a viewfinder where I show up on location and actually yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. my framing. And,
3: and you can like take the that pictures is with so the focal much, length.
1: That's so much better because yeah. it's like I know I have – I can set up with my lenses I use all mm-hmm. the time and I don't have to bring a camera. And and Or if you bring a camera with a similar lens, it's like then you can – as long as you figure out the framing and know how to replicate that framing with the camera, like you yeah. can plan so I, – yeah. I, my planning got so much better because I started doing that. Yeah. Um, and it just made me a much better filmmaker, and and and, and then I feel like it's it's good enough that I I'm more even more confident that with just doing films entirely on tripod, you know, yeah. Yeah. like I'm I I love tripod. I'm I'm uh, you know I like See? I dude I I, I, I uh <laughs> they're using a gimbal for like a a, a, podcast. a podcast like somebody's just, just spinning so... around us with it <laughs> they're like screaming for help in their arms are <laughs> just giving out yeah like um, like they need to like get surgery after every podcast yeah. <laughs> but it's like like I I have a gimbal but I barely use it like I I haven't used it yet like it's just like I'm like like I I'm like why do you know I I haven't used it like I'm trying to like find an opportunity but now that I'm acting more in my own projects I'm like shit like I like I've like I have a project coming up that um I gotta like they're where we're gonna have an outdoor scene where we're doesn't be like walking and talking and I'm like yes mm-hmm. fine I can use it and They're like I want to do it shoulder shoulder rig I'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> can't use it it's <laughs> never no it's because I, I it. talked yeah. them into it too I talked I was like when I read this like I have a gimbal and I'm biased towards using it but like what if we did but then we looked at it and we I was like it was like the shot in uh, Real Oranges where like there were walking back in the street and I'm like, let's do it on gimbal because not because I'm biased, maybe because it be, could be. But I feel like when you're walking backwards with a shoulder rig, it doesn't it's just so distracting. Mm. Um, but the reason why the shoulder rig is because like there's a mugger and whatnot and that comes up. Yeah. But, like, why don't we just sh- switch the shoulder rig for that coverage when we get to that, that part um, while while they're walking and talking it'd be very Paul Thomas Anderson and use like a, a steady or like the steady cam gimbal and uh like he the, the filmmaker was like really inspired by and he had me watch hard eight like he's like watch this okay. this is the, the the table scene is like what what we're going for like uh yeah. and i'm like okay and uh but yeah like i yeah i love i like when you have the composition figured out i feel really confident in the the imagery um but like i was like i, I got to that because i was talking about roger deakins and and you know listening to that and i forget where i got
3: how i got oh, into that something about 40 million dollars. yeah 40 million okay yeah say, thank okay. you thank
1: you so much yeah. i was like that wasn't so disappointing if i like forgot that <laughs> and like the later like, never loops back it's my like, memory ah. is terrible <laughs> like my friend yeah. who's who came on is like like i don't know how old he is like 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 middle aged and he's like like dude it's bad that i have to bring you back <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> like yeah i'm like and uh but i uh i 40 million dollar films i'm like you know what? Maybe, maybe this is the start of maybe there there should be a start of a new movement with filmmaking, and it's already happening. Where it's like you're not focused on on making films at that level. You're trying to make films that are as good as that with like less than a thousand dollars or like a few thousand dollars. You know, Um, I mean, a few thousand. If you're paying people, if people are volunteering, you could, you can only do it for under a thousand if you're, people are volunteering for a few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. um and really like fine-tuning getting better at doing that i want to start i'm honestly thinking about doing that now if i had the opportunity one day to make a bigger budget film probably would do it of course like like who wouldn't (laughs) yeah i think that's
0: the goal whether people want to admit it or not yeah
1: and but i feel like you know if you want to fix filmmaking today you know what Instead of making one multi-million-dollar film, make a bunch. Have a no, don't even make a bunch of films. Make a bunch of filmmakers, and what what I mean by that is like this is a business thing. I'm I'm, uh, I want to create one day um, when I have the the resources to do it, and I think this is like what would save the state of the film industry is, and I could be wrong, but it's like hire a bunch of full-time writer directors, and the, the biggest hurt oh okay i guess it's restarted a new recording okay um it's at 30 minutes i think or something like that okay well <laughs> that wasn't right. use- not used to that but anyway uh so yeah that threw me off um so where was I uh
0: hire a bunch of writer directors yeah (laughs) hire a
1: bunch of writer directors sorry I was if I knew that that was (laughs) I guess I'll have to get used to that from now on but um hire a bunch of writer directors to uh to basically just make you know make the best films they can make and but make it for like low amounts of money now you hire them give them a good salary now if the film makes any money there's a chunk of it that goes to them, but most of it goes back to the company to hire and pay for more filmmakers to focus on their craft. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the the biggest hurdle, I think, is spending time, having the resources and time to spend focused on becoming a better writer and a better planner of, of making your films and a better executor of that and getting better with lighting and all the things. You know, it's like, or or and every element, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is by doing it. For if you sure. want to become better at, like, if you want to become, if you want to make films better than, what these $40 million films are being made for make a bunch of films with, you know, like, and and the company will, will provide equipment and whatnot to the filmmakers who work at it and whatnot, like high level equipment uh, to make it look as good as possible and sound as good as possible and everything. Um, but like hire them to, to, to focus completely full time on becoming like writing the best scripts they can, planning the best films, because, when you're doing films at that level, the issue is, you know, you, you know, paying the bills and, and, and being able to, you know, live uh, and, and the, the way to make great films at that level is time. When you don't have the money, you, you need time. And, and if you can create that time for those filmmakers, give them, a, you know, years like to make feature films. And that's all they're working on. Like they don't have to go do things to pay the bills. All they have to do is focus on the films and then they get also the reward of if the film makes money. And that's that's an incentive. Um, like, I don't know how much that the percentage would be. Um, I, lately, I've been thinking, like, I don't know, 10, 15 percent, like like. But the rest of that's going back to paying their bills and and paying for the other filmmakers if their film doesn't make money. But they're allowed to make whatever film they feel compelled to make. And they're not told yeah. how to make it because that's how because that, that's that's how you create an auteur. Mm -hmm. Uh, An auteur is somebody who is I mean, the the films, the auteur theory is partly bullshit because, yes, films are made by everybody that's involved, but it helps to have one person who's ambitious, who's, you know, able to push everything or more than one person. You need at least one person who is ambitious and has a vision. You know, it can be multiple people, you know, Mm -hmm. but you need that one person at least. And and then you know and that that person's created by you know having the time to do that and and focus on that and keep making projects as well as they can within their own means and and within you know as, as quickly as possible and if you this this model's scalable you can hire a bunch of filmmakers with a salary a year and then as the company grows you hire more filmmakers and and you just you know you kind of you create you create an influx of films that are getting made because these filmmakers can focus on their craft and then and then like over years they get better at it you know they can mm-hmm. get to the level of quentin tarantino or christopher nolan or, or paul thomas anderson um by just doing by at, at like a lower level than what they do it at maybe uh, i mean i don't know and then i mean this is just a theory i have <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, but yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah uh, i mean i think that's
3: a i love I, I love the I- idealism and the idea i I don't it filming is filmmaking is such a it it's just so expensive and Mm -hmm. it's like uh i i wonder i i feel the reason we have the models we have now is because the companies at the end of the day need to make their money back so they have to be so selective of what of what they make Mm -hmm. because they they have to make what they believe can make its money back i mean if you look at the the state of the theatrical release distribution strategy, if it's not a Marvel movie or like an established IP like fast and furious or like James Bond, whatever, Mm -hmm. it's not going to make money like everything right now because of COVID is, is losing is not making its money back at the box office. So you're really just left with streamers who are buying the rights to the movies Mm -hmm. to distribute. um, But they don't, they don't really pay the the filmmakers they um because they don't get like any sort of percentage of box office revenue like you do mm-hmm. in in the theater um
1: how did how does the payout go for they don't pay filmmakers for the the work
3: yeah basically the basically the production company is going to sell the movie to netflix for example mm-hmm. um and then i mean maybe the filmmakers have a a clause in their contract like the director says they get 5% of whatever the Netflix sale is but i i don't think that that may be becoming more common but mm-hmm. most most films funded like through independently through a production company like um that say a streaming service acquires later like the streaming service isn't the first isn't the, is almost never the first option like mm-hmm. they're trying to go to theaters first because they know that that's the most that's the most profitable if they have a sellable movie like if if you can sell uh, a couple million dollar movie to a theater and make 10 million back you've like in screenings over a couple months at like independent theaters you've made a profit but a lot of if you sell to Netflix it's whatever they want to offer you mm. which could be a break even price to like I don't know it, mm. it's it's really tough it's a very yeah. It's a very sad state of affairs at the moment I think funding
1: movies. Um like how, there's got to be a way to make money from films. Oh well, there is.
3: <laughs> like like I mean I mean different from what's being done
1: today. Like, yeah. like it's like it's it's so frustrating cuz I that I, I, Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's that's just why I I I think that's a I I think it's a wonderful idea. I just question like you know, if we're going to get a group of filmmakers together that we're paying a salary and just they get to make whatever they want. Like what if 10 of the 12 movies that get made by this group are like unsellable? Not necessarily because they're bad, but, but it's because not there's hold
1: the, hold on. It's not to sell them though. It's because and I but, know you're thinking of like like what if they make something that's like nobody's gonna want to buy it. Of course.
3: Yeah, but that's what I mean is like what if like like how is that company would, how is the company that's funding these films and filmmakers gonna make money to be able to keep doing that, if if ten of the twelve films
1: are not sellable. most of them aren't going to be sold. Okay. Well, how are they the going reason to make money then? I'm. It's gonna. We're gonna create a, a streaming platform. But the thing is, we have to create the films. Gotcha. it's it's a streaming platform just for the films that we make. Interesting. Okay. And now if, now the reason why I would I wouldn't start until I have a lot of money is yeah because I wouldn't uh, you know I'm not gonna be, be making money hole. I'm not gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be in the hole. I'm gonna be digging myself in the yes. hole for a while. Now if it never works. It was it was fun to try, fun trying, (laughs) fun losing all the money to try. (laughs) But I I mean, no, it's it's a life mission. Like it's it's a life mission to like bring to make like a golden age of filmmaking again. You know, like I feel like filmmaking's gone to shit. You know, and and the way to fix it is, uh, or not just a golden age, but like a that and and the best era of filmmaking. There, Mm -hmm. I think there's a best era right around the corner, and the way to do it is it's not going to come from studio executives telling people how to make films. It's going to come from filmmakers going and making their own initiative to, to make the film the way they want. And it's like you, the, the problem is time. And, and if you can give those filmmakers time now, it's going to, it, it'll feel like, like, like what the fuck are we doing? Like we're actually going to make the films we want to make and just spend all our time doing that. And then they go and, make the films, and it's like, are we going to make any money from this? I don't know. I mean, honestly, if we make one film that it's like somebody's, like, a studio is like, we really want this film, I don't even think we would give them exclusivity rights. If they want to stream it, or if they they want to pay to, like, put it out on their platform, that's an option. I don't think Mm -hmm. we would sell anything. I think we would keep all the rights to all our projects, and then put it all on our own platform, and if if other platforms want it on theirs as well, we'd be open to that. Because I think i think one of the problems with streaming platforms is they're all making their own original content and they're not giving it to each other because nobody's gonna pay for all like who who could like nobody likes paying for all these different platforms you know what i mean and that's what like kind of like i heard a video where that like explaining how that's what's destroying this that's what's destroying the streaming uh services industry it's like when they're all creating their own originals and they're not like, like if if for whatever reason, if it it would be better if like people can go to, to like a, you know, like they can find most of their films on different ones. And the thing is those streaming networks get to have, you know, they get to sell or get paid by the other streaming platforms to have their originals on there. or Originals, you know, I guess it's not an original then if they're not exclusive, but, or it's, or it's, I guess it's original if they, if they make it, and but they can still make money from that. Um, not maybe not as much. I don't know. I really don't know a whole, whole lot about that. But it's I know. I feel like it could work. It's like if you have like that's this streaming service that is basically built off of the filmmakers that we hire, and what you're then creating is a new product of people filmmakers of today, new a new generation of filmmakers making whatever the fuck they want you know it's like nobody's doing that mm-hmm. nobody's doing that yeah we we could do that and we would be in control of our distribution sure and then nobody can tell us what to do you know i like that i kind of yeah. like i mean I, I don't know if it'll work yeah i think I, it's, I think it's worth a shot
3: i mean we're at a point where it's very like it's almost in a way it's it's like pre there's like a court a supreme court ruling back in like the 4 1940s right where that said the production companies can't exclusively distribute their films because it was uh you know it was like an anti anti-competition thing like monopoly type um vertical vertical integration in which like the production company makes the film and the film can only be shown at the Theaters that the production company owns, and I think we're kind of right back there in a Mm -hmm. way, except this time with streaming platforms. Yeah, Um,
1: because it's it's destroying like the the streaming platforms or and whatnot. But and and you know what? If you the idea of this business, it's like there would be an internship, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the internship would be have a, a filmmaker come on for one year, and they have to make five short films as mm-hmm. well as they can within their own means as quickly as possible. And, and within that first year, and it'd be a rigorous like wake up call. Mm-hmm. um, And that's what it's designed to do. But then after that, it's like every two year two maybe three years, like a feature film, you know? Yeah. And they get to fe- sp- spend their time focused on that. But that would be the training or, or, or the test to see like what they're able to cap- what they're capable of, how, how much they grow in those five films. Mm-hmm. Um, It would be to, and then we can use those short films made by, by the interns, but it's a paid internship. It's full paid, like just like everybody works full time there. It's like they get to make uh, like and then like like half of those short films or all of them. It would be like a sample, a free sample on the internet, or to like promote the streaming platform. And and like we put half of those short films, good ones, or save some of the good, a lot of the good ones for for like pay the paywall. I, I've been th- like, like I've been, th- I was thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking yeah, about this yeah, for yeah. a lot. and and I thought about a lot of this, to, like a lot of new stuff t- for this today, and that's why I wanted. I don't know why I felt like I had to bring that up because I'm like, yeah. I want to talk about this with somebody. I'm like, but you know, and I want to also get it out there so that like, if somebody tries to like patent it or, or, or like copyright it or not, but, no, it would be patent. Um, Steal like a business idea. I'd be well, it once you get it out there, you can't. It's it's yeah. it's it's in the public uh, domain. It's or not public domain. It's it's like it's in the it's a, it's it's in the prior art yeah um and then you basically because i'm trying to patent something right now and, and uh, i'm learning this and i'm like okay so if somebody ever like even if it's a youtube video mm-hmm. and they basically describe your invention then you you can't do it like you you can't yeah. patent it um and so like yeah like it, it's That's
0: interesting that makes me want to make like a billion different YouTube videos being like, okay, I want a car that um, also goes in water and flat or something more <laughs> niche and then make like a billion different like slight variations to that so whenever those come out, like, <laughs> You'll
1: just, You're just going to create you chaos me a chaos Actually, a million people.
0: dollars.
3: <laughs> yeah. like, mm, they Sorry, are... I actually patented this idea so yes. you're um, going to have January, to pay
0: up on that one. January 17th, 2022, I made a video here. I think... <laughs> That's well, so interesting. <laughs>
1: no, I don't know if you could... Would be, be interesting it, if you could ooh, sue them. Now no. that
0: I've said that, also no one else can do that. Because <laughs> I have this idea patented.
3: Sorry, actually, I um I
1: came up with this idea for the iPhone 14. Well, it just means you can't patent and, it. Uh, so can, Apple, you're gonna or, have or it just it, it renders the patent confetti. Like it re, it just yeah. renders a confetti, even if you paid like x amount of thousands of dollars for it. Um, but yeah, like no, it's. Like, and then, and then when I found that out, I was like, and then I saw this YouTube video that I thought explained my, my patent that I was going for. I was like, shit. And then, but then I was like, oh wait, no, no, no. Like I'm learning that uh, there, there's something different about mine that I think will allow it to be, um, non-obvious and, um, um, what's the other word I forget, but like there, there's like, like qualifications or something. Um, but, um, I guess, uh. I I kind of want. I, this is like an opening question, but uh, I don't, actually, I don't, even, I don't even. This probably isn't an exciting question, but I usually start. This as like an opening question, but like to just to like get the ball rolling. But it's already. I guess it's already rolling. But I think I figured. How how did we meet, or how did you guys meet? Actually, that's a better question. How did you guys meet?
0: Oh, so this is actually my first time. I guess really the second time acting with any lines, but my first time acting with lines was like a small day playing role mm-hmm. in um, a short film that never came out. And it's probably for the better because <laughs> I did it so bad.
4: Oh, no. um,
0: fingers crossed it doesn't. But anyway, so um, I'm going to say this was my first time acting with any lines, but I was cast in a temple thesis film. And- oh no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was lovely. I thought it was very pointed and a really, really, wonderful first time being on set with lines. Mm-hmm. And everyone was lovely to work with and very fun. And Michael was ADing. And I didn't know what an AD was or what an AD did, but um every time you'd be like, okay, you have like this amount of time left. Like, can we like start moving? I'd be like, wow, he's so, so professional. This guy's like, he's like <laughs> on the ball all the time. And then I realized later, I'm like,
2: that's, her oh, job. that's his
0: job, but you know, it's still props to you. I was impressed. <laughs> Well, but thank you. That's how we met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you know, I found out recently is is really effective when you're trying to figure things out on set. I, I started doing this. I'm going to probably continue doing this. I would I would ask some random person, hey, what time is it? And they'd be like, oh, it's uh, it's a uh, 308. Uh, all right. At three, like, like we're if we're trying to figure something out and we're going to I feel like it's going to waste time figuring it out, but it's important that we do figure it out. I'll say, all right, at three 11 or three or three twelve, like four minutes from now where we have to, we have to have a solution. And then we, for the three or four minutes, it's like, okay, let's, let's talk it out. Let's figure that out as quickly as possible. And then it's like, you, you, you put, create an adrenaline rush and yeah. it's like, and it's like, mm-hmm. what it's like, but you, you kind of create that discipline rule. It's like, whatever we come up with, we're going to use. Um, or if it's something like really like we re- it's really terrible whatever we're doing like like it's like this is not working mm-hmm. we'll be like all right let's 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 uh, what time is it now <laughs> do it again let's figure something else out. we always figure I always we always figured out a solution when we did that and I was like I'm gonna do that I'm gonna continue doing that from now on yeah but uh no, no I love I, uh, when you set deadlines like a, like a four minute deadline to come up with something yeah it it really helps but uh yeah no that, that's that's uh, a little amateur tip i have i've come up with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's not a pro tip it's an amateur, amateur tip. T- prosumer tip <laughs> prosumer tip
0: <laughs> i also just going back to it for a second i remember also my first time really talking to him on set mm-hmm. the day before i had a nightmare that i so i speak some german but i had a nightmare i showed up to set and the director was like oh we're doing everything in german and it was like oh my god i don't mm. know all the words for this and so I remember one of my first times talking to you I was like I had this crazy dream that everything was in German and this is like really my first time speaking to him and so then after that I was like I feel like I probably sounded really weird <laughs> <laughs> so did I scare you with that
1: yes <laughs> you know, I, was I was like German okay. accent. Uh, we've got one uh-huh. of these German actresses yeah Oh man, I need. To, I, I'm looking for somebody who can do a German accent, or like who can tr- help me with my World War Two film. When it comes down to that, like doing it. Ooh,
0: I have a lot of nineteen. Ta- <laughs> oh, nay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have
0: a lot of takes on. Um, I feel like German accents in films are always. I mean, I'd say a lot of accents are really, but like very over the top and like theatrical, like. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends in Germany, and I'm like, they don't sound like that.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I
0: I know it's, like, sort of, again, like, to make a statement usually on, like, the character, per se. But I I know a lot of, like, really lovely German people, and I'm like, wait, they don't... German's a really beautiful language, and English is, like, ultimately very Mm -hmm. derived from it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people... Are always like, oh, German's an ugly language. And I'm like, wait, I think it's very, very lovely. But of course, when you're only watching like horrible historical videos with very aggressive, angry people, it's going to sound like bad. But you could say that about any language.
1: Yeah. I so. mean, if I could. <laughs> fair enough, I mean, I am I mean, it might be a paid thing. Like if I can, because it's adamant that I get somebody who can like train me because I'm, I'm what I'm probably going to do is is I'll, you know, I'll, once the script is written and it's finished. Um, and it's like locked uh, after like feedback and re- rewrites and whatnot. I'll probably have either I'll have somebody either record them talking and saying everything and with a German accent. If that's see if that works, and then I like have to listen to it and I'm like, okay, how do I make my voice sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> or or just like sit down with somebody and then have them like like pay them to like sit down with me like 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 hourly and just train me like to do it, and then not just for my lines but like for all of the characters' lines and. I'm going to I was debating whether to write things in, in different languages. But I was like,
0: it I depends on your actors.
1: I, you know, yeah, I. I for many reasons, I'm thinking I'm just going to do it in English, but it's going to have accents um, because I like being it's able to like do rabbit. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I, I like I like being able to control like I, I know I like I know how to write in English and I know how to. Uh, like I don't know any other languages, unfortunately. I I I I wish I like I, I one day I'll I'll teach myself or I'll not teach myself. I'll learn another language, but like because I, I I hear great things about like being able to it teaches you how to think. Like it it, it makes does, you yeah. aware of your your thought processes because everything's built from language. But it's um yeah I I, I want to do it in English because I know how to I know how to make it sound good in English um mm-hmm. because i write that way and i can and i want it, i want to know how it sounds like i want yeah. to know how, that that it's worded the way i want it to be worded to make sense the way that i want it to make sense and yeah. i don't yeah so yeah I, and, and,
0: I, and i think a lot of languages it's difficult to if you're not fluent to write characters in another language because there are so many different like vocal inflections that don't necessarily mean the same thing to like mm-hmm. what we would traditionally associate with like english so and I love linguistics um yeah. and I know if I have like a part or something that I need to maybe refine um an accent or just speaking another language I'll usually call one of my friends that speaks it fluently but mm-hmm. that's that's a really good point and I think that's that's very considerate of you cuz I I do feel like I see a lot of like younger writers just go into writing like a foreign language film that they're not either contacting people that speak that language or that they are not personally like fluent with because mm-hmm. that can create in my humble opinion like a lot of you'll like rewatch it or at least as someone that speaks that language you'll watch it and go why did they do that yeah like, i, I don't, don't understand i
1: don't <laughs> want people to watch it and be like uh like 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 what like, like yeah like exactly yeah. what you're talking about i'm like and and i won't know and then once it's out once they once they see it they're gonna be like i can't fix it it's out there like you know mm-hmm. and i mean i love watching foreign films i love i don't have anything against subtitles <laughs> like i love yeah. you know it's it's i i watch a lot of foreign films um and
0: i mean you said you were just watching Wong car Wai. yeah dude,
1: like I, I yeah no like my favorite one of my favorite one of my top three favorite films or well filmmakers now nah, i guess my top four is like Wong car why is going to be in there but um like it's like christopher nolan quentin tarantino but like andre tarkovsky mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know if you've watch like Andre tarkovsky films of course okay i love it Fucking <laughs> dude, I? i, I watch them i re them so many times i when i first saw one
3: stamina though
1: yeah yeah it does <laughs> when i first saw one of his films i hate like i like i was like this is like this guy's like kubrick and then 40 minutes later i'm like i don't i don't understand what he's trying to do to me but then i was like and then i was like uh he doesn't know what he's trying to do and i'm like that's not true yeah. he knew exactly what he was trying to do to you but he didn't want you to know how he was doing it Like he didn't want like he didn't want it to be obvious because once because the reason is once it's obvious what he's doing, then you're like, oh, we're watching a film. We're not watching Mm -hmm. real life. You want he wants you to feel like you're watching real life. And uh, that's a lesson that I'm like, I'm trying to learn. Like I want to I want to, you know, impart that Mm -hmm. with my films. And and, and that's actually the reason why I don't like I stopped using music in my films Mm -hmm. lately. Just just to see like what it does.
0: That's bold. Yeah. No, I I like that. I. I'm biased though, because I feel like I'm very very easy to please. I I like a movie if it has good costuming, good music, like a running sequence. I don't know. That's like very specific, but um, I I do know what you mean. Because I was watching a couple cuts of someone's film recently before they had music in it. And I was like, this feels kind of like awkward. But then once the music was added, I was like, okay, this feels more natural, but it's interesting. I sort of associated having music play in the background as like more natural, which obviously in real life that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, that's a really interesting thing to explore.
1: It's, it's, I think it's because, um, when you have music, I don't know how to do something with music where I'm not telling the audience what to feel or think. Yeah. And I, I've, uh, I mean the, the one film where I actually had a composer for feeding the fire Uh, basically I, I edited the entire thing. I, I finished editing it once the picture was locked. Um, then I watched through and I was like writing up notes and directions on like, like I would be giving an actor to get them to an emotional place for the composer. And I really was careful about that. And I basically told him like, this is at this point, this character is, you know, doing, you know, doing this and this is this, you know, I gave him like an actionable kind of direction, like I would give an actor, but for a composer to feel the way that the character should feel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I told him, that's how I want you to write th- that music. Yeah, that's similar
0: and, to what yeah. Michael helped direct. My my housemate, Raphael Parsicala, mm-hmm. is um doing the score for closed scenes, And Michael sort of did, not to speak on your behalf, you're right here. <laughs> but it sounds like you did a similar approach with him to help evoke a lot of those yeah. emotions behind the
2: scenes.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, I I think, I mean, there's a lot of, Pros and cons to using uh, music in certain beats. Sometimes it can um, come off as like, you know, melodramatic or like cheesy or something like that. But I I mean, I think when it's done well, you, it's just another tool. Like you're pointing, you're pointing the audience um, to how you want them to feel. Mm -hmm. Like some filmmakers want the audience to like interpret, um, I think. Uh, But, I, some some other filmmakers want yeah, want to point the audience this is what i'm saying
1: exactly i that's if i want to point the audience then i use music but lately i've just loved experimenting with um and, and it's it's been with my comedy film my comedy short films i've mm-hmm. been doing for for youtube <clears throat> uh like i used to call them sketches but now i'm trying to be more serious and call them films you know films cuz yeah. i i'm now i'm putting more work it's a into movie. them like it started as catches because yeah. of COVID and I was just yeah. doing something with me, like chasing around a burglar um, in For the sure. house because he was stealing my toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> very COVID relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, when it's, I started, it, it was like two weeks into the, the thing. and I was like, this is stupid. And I sat on the footage and I was like, I'm not going to edit this. Like I started editing. I'm like, this is so stupid. This is not going to be relevant. And then and i like i i i had to shoot the rest of the half, the second half and it was a bunch of visual effects cuz we get into a gunfight in the basement oh god <laughs> it was so stupid i'm like and then then it kept ha- covid kept happening cuz i thought it would be over in like 2 weeks and then and then i was like <laughs> that's okay. what they told us yeah yeah <laughs> and i was like it's still happening it's not ending all right i'll put it out and then i did and then uh, and then uh, it was just so stupid but it was like yeah it was a fun little project to do to like you know sharp like to like flex the muscles and and do something yeah it's good
0: to make things for fun too i feel like a lot of especially young filmmakers i've been noticing only want to make things i mean it's good to be serious about mm -hmm. a project but i think once you start taking the fun about fun out of something creative that you enjoy doing um You're just going to stop liking it ultimately and then probably stop doing it, which is a shame because, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a lot of like serious aspects of filmmaking that you have to really concentrate on and that are less fun than others and like much more strenuous. But I think it is really important to take a step back and like every once in a while, just do something to fuck around and like, why not? (laughs) Oh, am I allowed to swear?
1: No, you. you you, I've been cursing a bunch of. uh, Okay, I like have
0: such a bad radar.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. You're good. You guys should curse more. <laughs>
0: okay. I was telling Michael on the way here, I um did my first like musical recently for um, something one of my friends had written.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't think there's actually any swear words in the entire musical. And as soon as I stood up on stage and saw the audience, I'm like, oh, I'm going to improv and say fuck. Like, <laughs> man, I'm going to ruin everything. <laughs> I didn't do that, but I was really... I Was so was it like older like, people and whatnot? No, it was all like 20-year-olds. I don't really know why I cared, but I was like, I didn't really ask the director if I was allowed to say fuck before this. So,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was just really, really overthinking this. And then I started, I don't know, just sort of carefully watching what I was articulating, but it didn't happen. So I guess in the end it didn't matter. <laughs> but definitely something I need to pay attention to, more. I, I feel like we're so... Um, like desensitized to swear words now
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my yeah yeah definitely my friend uh i feel like generally speaking uh most people in the film industry have sailor
1: mouths um <laughs> i was that way with real oranges yeah, like and- like my mom's like <laughs> you you not like we were shooting a film upstairs and and like the other week and and my mom was like you gotta stop cursing in front of people so much i'm like yeah maybe i shouldn't oh. do that <laughs> it doesn't
3: i i I think you can get i think you can get places while still cursing yeah yeah (laughs)
1: okay that's reassuring
3: um i think like on sets i'll be on they like everyone's cursing up and down all all the time um every time the mildest inconvenience (laughs) happens and nobody questions it but uh one of my friends was working on like a a christian film in lancaster (laughs) oh no and he was like yeah it's crazy we say a prayer before um, we shoot every morning, and nobody curses. I'm like, nobody curses. <laughs> like, what kind of camera no, assistance would been, do you have? It would
1: have been great <laughs> if, <laughs> if everybody was like everybody prayed, and then they just started cursing.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you can be Christian, say that. Sorry, word.
1: <laughs> like, I don't amen. Think
3: that's in the Bible. <laughs> no, it's not. No, but it's it's like one of those. It's like one of those unwritten rules. Yeah. It's like you just don't do it for some reason, even though it's so strange. Know. Interesting.
0: It's I, like I, watching
1: a film without music. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know there's like, I don't know. I never really went to formal film school. I'm actually a, like a business and analytics major or marketing mm. and analytics, like double major. But I'm a minor in film and television production. Humble flex. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, like, from what <laughs> I've noticed, this hasn't really been stated to me in my time, just like as a minor in film. Um, but I've heard people say, like, a lot of film professors will say, like, incorporating swear words or, like, vowel language is sort of mm. lazy, like, writing within a script, which I don't True. necessarily agree with. So oh. I wanted to have your <laughs> opinions on it. Or, oh, no, I think at least going, with going, contemporary sorry. writing, because if you listen to, like, us, I'm sure, like, off camera and most people, I'd argue every other word is probably, like. A curse word. So, I mean, if you wanted to be more sincere, or realistic, like, what is the issue with incorporating that? I think a lot of I people mean, can, can be, use it as like a crutch. I totally yeah, agree with that. It can that, be but, lazy,
3: but well, also Tarantino has like three hundred f bombs in every movie he writes, and he's and probably worse. one of yeah, he's probably one of the better script writers out there. Yeah, um,
1: mm-hmm. you know that if you curse a bunch of times before you like like start deep work or like a, kind of like a good it'll get you into like a deeper state of creativity <laughs> but i don't i wouldn't do it though because it can all it can also just get you into like a really acute state of mind which is like mm-hmm. I, d- I did that once and I, and, I, and i look back at my writing i'm like this is garbage like like, like it got me into like this like really weird state of mind i don't even know why I, I heard that one day like i was listening to like some kind of podcast on like like uh like i was like a high performer podcasts like like things where people like talk about writing or like like deep work tasks or things i
3: think that makes sense uh like it's almost like because it's like a taboo thing, right? So yeah. Like if you're if you're gonna do something that's super you, you taboo, have, you have like a, a mantra of write, curse words right yeah.
1: before you write.
3: Like it's gonna it's <laughs> gonna open up your mind to like unexpected
1: places. I won't know? do it ever again though, but like because I I, I I it was some of my worst writing. Okay, well then
3: <laughs> but, then maybe it doesn't
1: work. I don't know why even why I don't even know why I brought it up because now people, yeah. somebody's gonna do it and then to blame me for their shitty writing. <laughs> but no, it mean, might it work works
0: for different people, yeah. I'd imagine. Maybe it was a mathematician, though.
1: It was a mathematician, so maybe it works for math. <laughs> like, like I don't. Yeah, it opens up oh. here. are Like yeah.
3: so, they're so by the books. Like everything has to happen super literally formulaically in that like, yeah it, yeah like, lets you expand a little bit
0: yeah i used to be a stem major and i feel like that was every other word in like discussion with my friends that were in the same program as me <laughs> so maybe it's not even like oh you just say a lot of curse words to get into that state of mind it's just like a formality yeah I, for I, math and the thing like thing other with <laughs> writing with curse sciences. words
1: is like i i used to do it but like i i but now it's like I mean, uh, uh, a ra- ra- film ratings aside, like 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 whether it's gonna it's gonna give you an R rating or whatever, it's like that's a thing. Um, if you have one curse word or more than one curse word, it's like you you get an R rating, and, and apparently that's like not commercially like you're, you're ruining your commercial potential of your film or something, some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I do when I am writing, and it's not the early, early drafts. I'll add curse words but late when I'm going on to like draft seven or 15 or something, it's like, all right, I'm getting rid of it. Cause it's like, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, if, if the actor wants to improvise it, maybe I'll let him. Um, but it's like, or I might not, ha- I might say like, nah, don't <laughs> cause it's like, yeah. it there's, there is it, it for me, it's like after I've looked at it a lot, then I'm like, we get it because it's fluff. Yeah. And it's like, it's just fluff and it's not because I don't want to like I have curse words in my film. I do at times, but it's like, I want, the, if I say fuck, I want it to be impactful. <laughs> like the one F word used yeah. in the film. Yeah. You want to use that fucker, right? <laughs> like, you, know, you know, you don't want to, Yeah. you want to use that fuck, right? You know? But, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, maybe I'll go back to using
0: curse no, words. No, it's, it's funny you say that. I feel like you had mentioned that in the car ride here. Just like, placing that swear word like really emphasize emphasize it and like add meaning to it
4: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah yeah i think i i i think it's like i it has to it has to feel real i i I think the problem is not the curse words i think the problem is like edgy um you know film school or just out of film school writers like just adding swear words for no reason even though like It doesn't. It's not called for, or like yeah, as long as it makes just to
1: be lazy sense. Like in my World War ii film, I'm I I'm gonna have swearing, but like even like there was like a interview I heard with like the Band of Brothers where they or actually it was in a book uh, about the the winners guy the soldier like the the leader of the Band of Brothers. He was talking about how with Band of Brothers the show, the thing that was surprising about to the soldiers was how much swearing there was in it, and I. he said something about how in war even even in the war they weren't weren't swearing that much i think they might they might be wrong or they might be right because like i I mean you you might they might not want people to know that yeah yeah that that throws me off every time it It might be
3: it might be like another like it might be a time period
1: no it's 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 going on to a new recording and it's letting you know or Um, maybe i can yeah
0: we think maybe that's the time period
1: it's no 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 the, the the recorder the recorder beeped oh uh, yeah no i was i think it's i think it's because it, it's it's yeah it's it's made a new recording just to save it I see. i'm see. i gonna hopefully see if there's a way to not. turn that off was, when i'm doing podcast hopefully
3: we're not like losing all the data
1: no i mean Back these on. we got these so we got the backups yeah i wish i knew uh, i didn't know that so uh <laughs> so now i know that from doing the podcast yeah. but uh yeah but uh hey, what is it um uh I was with this. Um, yeah, with Band of Brothers, like there was he was surprised by how much cursing there was. So I mean, I might not have so much cursing. Like, like I'm not gonna have random cursing and whatnot. But I'm gonna have it. It's gonna like, but it's gonna be like when this character just does something and this mm. other character is really fucking fed up with it. It's yeah. like then 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 it's called for. Yeah. Like, like, like it's 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 a it's a story of these two soldiers who are kind of you know add odds a bit ones really experienced ones kind of green around the gills and just getting them in all sorts of shit and And it's like or or the other one you know, like they have they have grievances with each other and it's like when it's like when they get Built up then there's the curse mm-hmm. the time to have the curse in there I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, I have like I, I didn't even touch on many of the questions. I have I have so many questions I, I lately I've just been allowing myself to just go all over the place it's fun. Sorry, it's right. yeah, I, it's I, more I enjoy fun. it. Makes it a little more like
3: it's unique. It's, not yeah. unique It's not the right word. Free flowing. and yeah. really easy to talk.
1: Yeah, it's it's of trying
3: to answer something specific.
1: It's fun to just talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Like I have, I have so many questions. Like, uh but you, I, you mentioned that you work at the equipment room in Temple. What's that <laughs> I, like?
0: I actually I go to Drexel.
1: Oh, Drexel, Drexel. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, what's yeah?
0: No, I mean it's fun. um Especially I. The reason why I mentioned being like a business student and not a film student is because I don't really get a lot of, I guess, like similar experiences that a lot of my friends have um, or a lot of my film friends have. Mm -hmm. Because I can't talk on like the millions of different student projects I've been able to work on because there aren't that many. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, I do think working in the equipment room is it's a really nice opportunity because um, I get to if we have downtime, I can like play with the equipment around and like try to learn things or harass my managers about like, why does this happen? How do you do this? (laughs) And it's also really nice to just meet, um, a lot of other like aspiring filmmakers that I haven't worked with and learn more about their processes and, um, their interests and what they're working on currently. Mm -hmm.
1: So, well, the reason I bring it up, because I think we, we, we talked about it a little bit. We mentioned it like, like I think it was like through a message on Instagram, but you, I wanted to bring it up because I, w- I was curious if the, like there was any like horror stories about like shit that thinks that people that like what, what do people do to the equipment in those equipment rooms? Because I can imagine that like I'm I'm usually very careful with my gear, and sometimes like when some like I I've gotten better about like if somebody's like like drops my gear, I'm like I'm not gonna flip out on them. <laughs> like, like I I personally like I I busted one of these 200 Xs like I I accidentally was I was just it was the end of the day and and i was just like walking i was trying to like walk around all these stands in the kitchen and uh i accidentally knocked it over and it had a china ball on it, so it waited over and then and then it just yeah. broke the light it still oh, works no. but uh one of these days i might have to replace it but like if somebody did that somebody else did that i'm not gonna yell at them like i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be it, it it'll cost me money but it's like don't yell you know it's like don't mm-hmm. get but like sometimes like when you have people handling equipment it's like they don't handle it like like it's theirs you know Yeah. especially if it's an equipment room
0: yeah i i saw this um funny post i think it was on like movie set memes i love that yeah yeah it's a really good account <laughs> and i might have sent it to you and was like oh check the comments but it was some like it was like a rhyme and it was very catchy but i was like oh it's just it's a, just a rental like slide the lens across the floor but it was it was really the funny I one. At it. Well, yes it was that <laughs> one of the top comments was something like oh just a rental and i thought that was funny but um <laughs> I think at Drexel, they are trying to like – I can't speak for other equipment rentals at other schools, but at least at Drexel, I think they are trying to discipline students and how to like properly handle mm-hmm. and store and transport gear.
2: That's good.
0: Um, I know one of the biggest lessons they teach um, really like for your first like cinematography class where you rent out tripods, they're like, don't lock like the pan and tilt. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because after like a million uses or so, like if they're always locked – in the case you're like swinging them around um i think it it breaks the um or at least it lessens the power of like the lock on that uh, i i'm no you know i'm a know business it. major for a reason i should probably <laughs> i should
1: probably do it that way. but no I and don't. it's
0: funny like that is really the biggest issue we have um besides kids maybe forgetting to bring their sd card or like format it there have not really been many, like, tragedies. Like, I've seen someone draw, like, oh, my gosh, one of the first things I saw one of my cinematography teachers do is, like, mm-hmm. lock a Peloton, Peloton case full of, like, lenses and then throw it across the room to be like, this is why you lock it. And I was like, <laughs> you're giving me anxiety. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and they were fine, of course, because they're, like, really, really padded. But... Yeah, so they're always trying to teach like proper like set etiquette, and then also um, how to handle, store, and transport equipment, and that's why he did the whole locking pelican thing. But yeah, yeah, we haven't really had anything that crazy. Truly, just beyond like they get really upset if you don't unlock your tripods and I don't know like clean your lenses sometimes. But most (laughs) kids don't do that anyway. (laughs) So
1: yeah, I you'd think that I would I would have thought that like people just fucking just destroyed everything i mean just everything
0: like... is destroyed but that's because they haven't <laughs> replenished like a lot of the equipment yeah. after like so many years of use and it's to no one's fault what, in particular. what kind of cameras do they have um so you start off on the canon 5d um mm-hmm. it's like your basic cinematography then an intermediate you use the c300 um mark ones i think or the c200s and then i think in advanced um I'm not a film major, so I actually haven't been able to use them. I've shown you our equipment room list, though, so mm-hmm. if you remember more of the advanced cameras, please fill in okay. here. <laughs> I,
3: I think you've got some Alexas. That um, we do, yes. Two Alexas. Hmm. I think that's the top. I mean, that is the top of the line. Yeah. That's the top <laughs> of the food chain. um
0: And then random yeah. things between. <laughs>
3: you guys have the. You guys have
0: a. I think uh, we have a red.
3: i'm not sure don't you guys have a leonard chapman dolly though which temple certainly does not have we have doorway dollies
1: i love the peewee dolly what's a doorway dolly it's
3: like the it's like the matthews it's like the or they're usually like orange Mm -hmm. and it's just like a basic like dolly that you can you know set up a tripod on but um Mm -hmm. like they have the Leonard Chapmans, which are the ones like that have, you know, the hydraulic arms that yeah. can boom up and down and like cool. different movement uh gears. They've got the like circle mode and like crab mode. So you can just yeah. turn it and just slide it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so cool. I'm not allowed to rent them again because I'm not in classes that like qualify me to mm. use them. But because I work in the equipment room, I can be like, can you show me how this works? So it's funny. It's something I'll probably never use, but like I vaguely know how to use them.
1: But how did how did you get how did you get that gig with the uh, the rental room?
0: Oh, um, someone that I know used to work there, um, before I transferred to Drexel, and I didn't really know what else to do for work study, so I was like, I'm gonna copy you. I've always found film interesting, um, so why not? And yeah, yeah I just applied for it as a work study position.
1: Now I want to ask both of you this question, but let's we'll, we'll start with Lisa. Um no no not like just Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Um ladies first. Just yes, yeah, yeah, ladies. So first. I'll go. Sorry. Oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: what how did you get started with doing what you do whether it's with acting or filmmaking all this? Yeah, uh, yeah. How did you get started with it? That's
0: such a loaded question, and I feel I don't know, I wish I had something more profound to say. Um but I mean, I, I watched La La Land in theaters and I feel like that's a very like cliche movie to cite. But when I was younger, I was really into like cosplay and like sewing. Mm-hmm. And um, I started getting into more just like designing and sewing my own clothing. And um, seeing La La Land, I really, really loved like the musical components of it, but also a lot of the costume design mm-hmm. in it as well. It's really clean, minimalist, but like it speaks so loudly on the characters in it. it's just, it's like visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. so i really liked la la land um and i really loved emma stone's character in it and i don't know one way or another i found <laughs> a backstage posting for like just background work on the marvelous mrs Maisel. and again that show has beautiful costuming so i was like i'm gonna apply to this because i'm so curious like how they do all that costuming for all these extras and characters and everything mm-hmm. um and so I got like a little background role. And then my first time ever being on a set, I was allowed the opportunity to hang out with um, Michael Zegan and... Um, oh, shoot. Um, I can't remember his name. Oh, Joel Dawnstone, which I feel horrible because they were both so lovely. Um, but yeah, I got to hang out with them and I had like a little featured part where I like flirt with them at the bar.
1: Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, in yeah.
0: And so um, I don't know, just with how so kind they were um i don't know i'm very very encouraging and like humble and lovely i came in with the initial concept like oh all actors must be really annoying because all the actors i knew from like theater in high school were <laughs> no i'm just kidding if you're watching this but, <laughs> but you know actors can be actors,
1: yeah, yeah, actors, can be <laughs> um, actors yeah. but
0: you know meeting joel johnston and michael zeke and i was like you guys are beyond lovely and this whole experience on set has been so wonderful and fun and i love seeing like highly collaborative environments because i love photography like cinematography i love costuming and music and i feel like and of course like choreography and makeup and lighting and everything Mm -hmm. um i feel like film is really the one medium that can encompass all of those creative arts so i don't know just seeing everyone on set running around doing a lot of different things i loved i was like i really want to get into this and learn more about it and i'm learning more every day and i don't know it's very Mm -hmm. exciting and I feel like I've finally found something that I really enjoy in almost every aspect. So that's
2: good.
1: Yeah. Uh, very long winded answer. No, 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 no. It's not long winded at all. There no, you're good. Um I was gonna no, I forget what the question is. Um Oh it was No, yeah, no, no, I was gonna forget no, I was I had a question that then it, it just fell I'll remember. We'll 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 ask sure. Michael. How did you get started?
3: Um Many, many moons ago, (laughs) I uh, stumbled upon a little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. And now I had been like, I had always been interested in like writing uh, and all that kind of stuff. I had like, I would write short stories in school. Like I was the kid who had like 70 pages of loose leaf paper with just like a story on it. And my teachers would be like, what the? (laughs) what is he doing um but yeah so i had always been into like writing and then i saw raiders of the lost ark and i was like that's it like that's what i want to do um and so i threw out like grade school and high school like i was making like little crappy movies with like my Either my friends or, like, in the very beginning, my brother and sister on one of those, like, high 8 like, tape recorders um, that take those, like, little cassettes that are just, like, the worst digital camera you've ever seen in your life. Um, But, yeah, like, there's a bunch of stupid movies on there. And, (laughs) and yeah, I I kept doing that through high school, went to film school, um, concentrated in directing, uh, and... Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I graduated in 2020 and now I'm like, I AC in Philly for like money. Um, and then I have, I'm just writing on the side and trying to direct my own, my own stuff. And obviously Lisa's helped in the producorial aspects of that and also motivating me to actually do things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But when I started, I, I, I started with, uh, Doing little stupid claymations with a cell phone, like 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 oh, a flip phone. Wow, that's so fun. Two forty p man, <laughs> and I and there was a button that you could press where you could press p- like play and stop, or not not stop play and pause. Mm-hmm. And basically, it'd be, it would it was like a cut. You could like play yeah. pause. All right, we're gonna cut over here. Play, and then w- it starts recording again oh,
0: that's pretty cool so it like cuts it together for you yeah
1: almost. and then it, it's done as soon as you press stop and it saves it or well, or it would thought. crash <laughs> oh. and everything would be lost
0: that's usually how it goes yeah. at least back then
1: <laughs> i can't tell you how 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 exhausting how, how frustrating it was when it, like i did a bunch of things and then and then it would be it wouldn't save and i would just be i would have the ambition to like go and redo it exactly
3: <laughs> yeah i don't know it's funny like maybe i'm being nostalgic but we just we grew up in such an interesting time because it's like i feel like you talked you see interviews with directors in their like 30s 40s 50s and older than that obviously and they're like yeah i started out like making little stupid movies on my super 8 camera and i'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Like, wow, that must be awful. Like, it looks so good. It's like grainy <laughs> and like there's not a ton of resolution, but it looks beautiful. Like film has always looked beautiful. I We're like it, yeah. we grew up making movies on like the worst possible <laughs> digital shit box you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and like I you put in those dumb cassette tapes, and there's like lines all over the screen, <laughs> and it's like lower resolution than Super 8, but like. It was the digital revolution. All our parents were like, "Let's throw out these like nice film cameras and like switch over to these terrible cameras."
1: It's all about the the poetic imperfections. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's poetic.
0: <laughs> I'd argue it's like convenience as well.
3: It is, well, it you was convenience. You, like, know, you didn't have to send film to the lab, and it would cost less money. Yeah. Even with run. like
0: my like film cameras, I'm like oh, I really, like, need to use these more and, like, finish yeah. this roll, but I just very quickly lose motivation to carry, like, five pounds in my backpack. Like, they're, they're fair. heavy, they're whereas heavy. I can just pull out my phone and, like, okay, here's it. It's true, but,
3: but now but our digital cameras disagree. are pretty good. Yeah, like, that, now you fair. can pull out a phone camera and it's, like, It's not going to have a lot of the times like I mean, you can do the portrait mode thing, but it's not going to have a lot of like the dynamic range or like depth of field that like a real dedicated stills camera would have. But like it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking like, you're me. talking the, the about best, making stop motion the, on your dude. flip phone, <laughs> like,
1: like, that could that, it not. It started because I saw Michael Bay's first Transformers movie, and then I was like, I can do this. I can make movies. I can be. It set the bar real, like, like, like to a point where I was like, I can do this. like I don't need to know any stories. The only way you can tell what's
3: happening is if you actually look at it on the two inch phone screen. Because yeah, if yeah. you blow it up to a TV, you're like, what's what's going on? Exactly. Here? <laughs> what's what's in this image? I can't tell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I uh how was it? oh damn. I keep, I keep I keep having questions and then they they like fall out of my head. Um wait, no, no. It was the yeah, shooting like like uh, shooting things on film, uh of uh, like the 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 graininess or the the imp, like like we were talking about imperfections about the image or it wasn't really mm-hmm. it really it wasn't really poetic but yeah it it's oh, no I now I forget what I was gonna ask damn it uh, that's alright I uh, you I always do this film
3: <laughs> digital yeah wonder, y- yes, capture oh,
1: methods
0: oh, no, no. I was I've been ruminating on this a lot lately. So I feel like people in our generation especially will see like a lot of film footage or photos and go like, oh, that looks so like pretty and nostalgic. I wonder if, okay, I guess like the next generation's like the alpha generation. Like I wonder if they'll see like our shitty like flip phone videos and be like, that's so like pretty and nostalgic and interesting. Yeah. Like
1: I that might ha-
3: <laughs> like,
2: happen.
0: I don't know. I'll, I'll ask some kids in twenty years, I guess. But
3: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe. I no, don't know. no. It's here's what I think. I, I think it I is. think
1: people will look back and be like, "Oh my god, I get to see video. Like so many. There's so many videos of 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 my great grandmother." Yeah, you know, but yeah. but they're all her, her like <laughs> like doing TikToks and shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that ridiculous. makes me sad. So anxious. It's, or <laughs> no. or it'll all just like we'll have like a, a like a solar flare from the sun knock out all of our technology and <laughs> it then we'll be all the of it be wiped I'm out. All yeah. the all the storage will be wiped out and and it'll it'll be like like Blade Runner 2049. All we'll have
3: left is the film reels in the basements of uh studios. Mm, yeah. I I know like uh I, my, one of my good friends, we were talking the other day and he also is in the film industry and he, his, but his, his girlfriend is not. And they were watching this movie, probably was like from the early 2000s. And she was like, why doesn't, why does this, why does this look so much better than like movies do today? And he was like shot on film, baby. <laughs> and she was like, bring back film. And I was, and so he was telling me, he's like, it was a victory. It was a small victory Dude,
1: for me. I saw, I was on <laughs> Reddit today and there was some person posting about, I don't know where they were posting it, but they were, I think probably filmmakers, but they were posting like, how do you get this, 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 uh this, this digital noise, this, how do you get this digital noise? And then, people were like wait what there's all these pictures of like of 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 horror films done in mm-hmm. the back like like the 80s or something And i'm like <laughs> the, then people were like uh oh, they were shot on film it's, it's called grain and whatnot they explain and it's <laughs> yeah. like what's film oh no and then somebody <laughs> is, is like <sighs> It's celluloid. It's like shot on celluloid. It's like what? What is celluloid? I'm like, it's,
3: what? How does this? It's plastic with chemicals on it. That it's are it's light like sensitive. there's.
1: I swear that person was so Gen Z. They were definitely a Gen Z. You gotta. You gotta. They I'm were. Gen they had z, to have been. Though. Well, are you are Gen Z. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm-, I'm. sorry for your generation. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding, no. I Actually, I feel
0: like Gen z is, is all right. It is interesting. I feel like there is part of Gen Z that does feel Wait, really more it, like millennials. What year
1: does Gen Z start? I don't know, I like 96. 96, yeah. Oh okay.
0: And then cuts off somewhere early 2010s or is that to 2005?
2: I don't know. Generation.
1: I'm born in 19 <laughs> I'm just I'm December I'm I'm born December 25th, 1995. So I'm you're a millennial. millennial. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I know I feel like I still know a lot of like Gen Z people who I like <laughs> Even like just talking to some people born in like 2000s or like my little sister, I'm like, I feel like there's no way we're like born in the same generation. But I know other generations will look at like look at us and be like, no, you guys are the same. And maybe like in hindsight, I'll be like, no, we were all kind of the same at that point, or at least when compared to like other generations. But it's funny in this moment, it does feel very like okay, there's millennials and I don't know like Generation Z, millennials ish, and Mm -hmm. then like true Gen Z, and then like. Alpha generation, Gen Z-ish, and then Alpha General. Like it feels like there are subsets to these things that are really yeah. at the end of the day, like not important at all. But it is gonna, funny to think about. <laughs> I
3: was gonna say, like, I feel like there's there it, it's just so weird because there's like Gen Z who are like on Vine and then there's <laughs> there's not. Like that's like, I feel like that's Vine? the difference. <laughs> like they like I I don't know. It's just like the TikTok came out, and half of Gen Z we realized are just psychopaths. And like, (laughs) it's yeah, no, it's the other half is somewhat normal.
1: (laughs) You know, I've recently kind of started to understand why, like, why, like, like the whole Vine thing, TikTok stuff. I well, no, I love watching like TikTok or Vine compilations on YouTube. I love that. Um, But I never got into the actual app and used it because I didn't get it. Until I started, like my friend explained to me, oh well, it's because you're not. It's not sending you the stuff that you want to see because say, you're not watching enough.
0: It takes a second for the algorithm to really once the algorithm what you're looking for.
1: knows yeah. what, because the algorithm found out that I like watching really funny, stupid f- videos, like like just like 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 fun, anything kind of, like like even if like it's offensive or anything, I I love it. <laughs> like, yeah, and and now it sends me that I'm like, we're fucked. We're so fucked because because literally it's they're telling you what to watch i i I, I sent my friend a picture of of a a picture of a rat like in in like where it presses that button and it gets fed food or something or (laughs) water and then i and then i put my name over the rat and i put the tiktok button like (laughs) refresh button and then i've had video funny stupid videos like like being (laughs) dropped to me yeah (laughs) and i'm like i'm being trained dude (laughs) like i'm i'm screwed (laughs) like but it's like i get that now and i get why all these social media platforms are trying to move towards that because it's like that's it works yeah it's and it's
3: terrifying the most they want at your the attention day, yeah.
1: yeah and it's it's not for the betterment of society probably no. uh but uh yeah that's you know and, and it's like how do filmmakers how did they compete with that like you can't but you know here's i mean i mean the way is i'm trying to like compete is like i'm I'm thinking about I'm I'm thinking about trying to get into doing Instagram reels, like, Mm -hmm. but like doing it in my own way that I don't feel as cliche or or cringy, you know. I want to do like like I there's like uh, some people that actually do it that I'm like, no, this is interesting. Like I'm actually learning something from what they're putting out. And I thought would I do like videos of me like like doing weird. Like I don't want to fucking do those weird like motions like where it's like 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 you're doing things and then like you transition you cut transition to like something else where it it looks cool but it's like I I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like yeah, like uh, then it teaches like tips and it's (laughs) like I want to just do comedy. Like I want to just make funny shit because that that's authentic to me. It's
0: interesting you say that. No, I I feel like there is I don't know. It is kind of daunting to think about like where like real filmmaking will go with like this tiktok era Mm -hmm. but there are a couple people i follow on tiktok and unfortunately i don't know their usernames i just recognize their faces but (laughs) they make like honestly really compelling like extra short films like through tiktok and i know like a lot of film purists would be like no that can't be physically like possible
1: (laughs) yeah if you could send them to me that'd be great
0: yeah no like i i think they're really well-rounded they're engaging they're they're like To me, like very Lynchian, but like really, really interesting. And I don't Mm -hmm. think, I mean, I guess it's not filmmaking, but I think they just like to produce content like that because it is digestible. It creates like a follower base for them. And they are also filmmakers, like real filmmakers on the side. And then that like real work that they do actually gets like more proper engagement because like they have that short attention span TikTok equivalent. And then those fans that are interested in like following them or following their more their work more, um, will then engage that like real film content, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I feel like the way to use it is I I, I don't want to just make all my work about what the medium is. That's what a lot of people do. And it, yeah. it that's the better that's the most successful way of going about it. But what happens is you often hear about them burning out because it's like, what who would like doing that you know i i don't even like doing just short films i love doing short films but if i'm not working on a feature film like or at least one feature film project i'm trying to write and prepare to make in a few years it's like i don't have enough meaning in life because that those bigger massive projects they consume your attention totally because you have to you have to put so much of yourself into it and i feel like when you do that successfully and then people receive it, then it's, you know, that it's just, it's just a different feeling. It's, it's, it's a completely different ball game. Um, and I, I don't get that same fulfillment from just doing short films. And that's why I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, I'm doing feature films. Like I'm, I'm going to continue doing short films and learn so I can get better for my feature films, but I'm going to do a feature film this year and I'm going to do a feature film in a year or two after that. Um, and I'm just going to continue to do that because it's like, that's the, that's the greater challenge. Um, and I, I, have some shit to say about like, 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 like television versus film, um, and I'll, I'll get into that. But the best, like like you mentioned, it's like the best way of like the best way of using that, if you're a filmmaker like that, who wants to be ambitious and make bigger projects, the best way to find that audience, it seems like is to, for me, like go and start doing embrace, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, start doing little <laughs> short projects alongside of what the bigger projects you do on the side so i want to kind of start doing that and start figuring out okay how can i do it with while exerting as little energy as possible on it so that and and time as possible on it you know so i can get more out and and I'm, I'm thinking like I might do something like filmmaker thoughts and do it in black and white mm-hmm. and like four, three or something and, <laughs> and, and like be very artsy with it. Like have a yeah. little, have a little storyline with one character arc, very as simple as possible and, and just have it fi- figure out what I can do with it do it quickly. And then, and then stuff that's can probably be done in my house or, you know, locally and with very few actors and I'm, it's hard, it's a struggle, it's a challenge, but yeah. I dogma
3: think, 22
1: here yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah oh you're gonna say something i sorry i cut you off
3: no uh i'm not sure oh yeah i i mean i think like uh short films are short films are great and that's what i'm currently on the wave of doing for my own personal work um mm-hmm. but yeah i want to i want to transition to the feature films at some point because that's that's how you get your name out there and like that's like at the end of the day like we're we're artists and we even though we don't want people to see our work like because it's like oh this is really uncomfortable that like someone's watching my like soul that i put into this you gotta but, get um, over that you gotta you get do through that fear. that's what i'm saying though is like yeah. you have to get over it and like the way like nobody watch nobody watches short films like people watch short films like they play at festivals but like like nobody watches short films like they Go to a movie theater, or like they put television, like yeah. long, longer form content on. Like that's where, that's where like the that's where like the real art that like I want to do is happening, and that's like, you know, eventually where I want to get. But mm. you know, they're also the longer it is, the more expensive it is. Exactly. so
1: It's yeah, yeah. I and, and it's also just. I mean, I, I find it also very fulfilling to do a future film because it's it's like you. You can say something in totality that you want to say. Yeah. Um, Like the one the feature film we're doing next is is something that started as a short film that a lot of people really liked that. I was like, really? You like this? Okay. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll do it. And then I started trying to make it a better short film because I was a lot of people had really good points about, you know, why it sucked in certain areas. um, But it, it could have been a better film. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna improve on that. And I just kept improving on things. And then I was like, I can expand a lot of these scenes. Like I wanted to I wanted to do that. I was just like, I'm gonna expand it. I'm gonna make it like a, a under 40 minute film. And then I'm like, eventually, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a feature film. And so I I was like, fuck it, let's make it a feature film. Let's try to find the way to to make everything everything that's in it warranted. Um, we'll stick to the spine of the original short film, but we'll try to make it really really um work and Mm -hmm. and make sure that it's something that doesn't you know it it doesn't we try not to do things wrong with it we try to yeah i don't know we 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 just we just try to do it as right as we can um yeah and so yeah but 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 having written it and having written something where i'm like okay i feel like this is i actually did the best job i could and i feel as proud of this as i would in proportion to if i did something of this quality on a short film but it's not the same level of of fulfillment i feel as a yeah. short film it's greater yeah. i just feel sh- like holy shit like, yeah. like like i've been trying to do this for years man like and i'm here yeah. like like it took three years or two to three years to get here i'm like oh damn it's like i i like I, I i'm just like all right let's go <laughs> let's do it let's make it yeah shorts but, uh,
3: are i mean shorts are great but like because one thing that uh shorts are is like an exercise in in how much story can you tell in like a short period of mm-hmm. time um and i think that my my writing tends to be unfortunately or fortunately. I don't know. For short films I feel like it's unfortunately more like expansive in the sense that like I want characters to have a lot of lines and talk to each other and I want to jam all these scenes in there. And like I haven't found a way to create like that, that five minute like this happens, this happens, this happens in like a super compact mm-hmm. way. I mean I think closed scenes is probably the closest I've gotten to that but even then it's like it feels like there's a lot more story that could be that could be told that like we we didn't because that's
1: yeah you know. it's it's the hardest thing it's kind of like this <laughs> this uh somebody wrote a letter like back I forget what era um but it was like they wrote a letter to somebody and it was a really long letter and they, they at the end of the day, they apologized hey I'm sorry I, this is such a long letter I didn't have time to shorten it yeah you know, I didn't have to shine yeah it exactly no, and that's, it's so that's hard funny. it takes that's more funny. time that's... to fin to make something shorter yeah um, like I, like, uh, my friend who's a writer, uh, uh, he's a great writer and he's trying to convince me to short. He, he, like I, he's trying to convince me to shorten my action dial, my action lines and whatnot, and, and the scene descriptions and whatnot, mm-hmm. which I mean, I, I to granted, I don't put I, on purpose. I don't put a lot of work into it. I just put, I mean, I try to make it read well for me, mm-hmm. but I don't speak it out loud. If I want to make something concise and really re- well-written, I'll speak it out loud. Mm-hmm. I do that for the dialogue. I don't do that for actions because what happens is it takes five, four, it takes three to five times the amount of, of writing sessions to get it right. That's months. I'm yeah. not like for a feature film. I'm not doing it. Um, I, I will. I might. But the point is, it's like the action is for me as a director because I'm not sending this to producers. I'm producing it myself. Sure. If, if I was sending it to producers yeah. to make it a better read for them, I'd probably do it. So I don't know. I, I, I might be just bullshitting. I think like, the, like I think probably, that,
3: yeah, I mean, I think what I will say is like I think that it is a thing where actors... I I mean, anyone who reads it, though, you're going to want to make it as as easy to read for other people as possible. I I try it. The way I do it is I I learned in film school that like each line is a shot. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like I write it's like um, I don't know. uh, Thomas gets up from the table and then like (laughs) if we're going to. So that's this angle. And then in my head, the next angle is like Michael and Lisa follow him out. So that's another line. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know. So it's like it. it, Interesting. It's it's very like anti um, artsy writing in a way. Um, It's very like I do
1: it very concise, pretty
3: concise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I
3: just by design. I think it's easier to read.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I do condense (laughs) things, but I condense it to like these are elements that I need to know. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Like maybe this. Maybe it's really. I'm just. It's just some, it's extra work that I should be doing. But this is a friend who a lot of his feedback is very technical and and it's yeah. very, it's not always, it, a lot of times it's a, it's technical knowledge and I'm like...
3: I don't care about that. Yeah. 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 No, like, I totally, I totally get that. I think that... They're... I mean,
1: I I feel like my writing, I already, I, before he says anything, like, I already felt like it was as concise as possible for me yeah. to make the film with it. And so I'm like, whatever. I mean, he might no, be right. I feel
3: that. I feel, I. I think... There's definitely, like, a line, right? Like, I, some people will tell you, like, no one will ever read this script yeah. if there's more than four lines in an <laughs> action line um, before the next action line starts. And I'm like, I don't know. I worked at a production company in Los Angeles, and I read so many scripts that broke every single rule. But this writer had an agent, presumably, because they it got into a production company that then was... Mm-hmm giving it to people to read to figure out if they should produce it or not so it's like i don't think
1: so you 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 were you were a script reader for
3: yeah i did script coverage as an intern interesting um at a at a like smaller but like mid-size oops mid-size production company in los angeles
1: with Um, this new mic setup like you can hear every like like pounding like that that wasn't the case with the h5 i think i think Mm -hmm. i just got to get rid of the low pass or something interesting yeah or a low (laughs) low pass filter or whatever it's called but yeah sorry i cut you off no you're
3: good you're good i i but yeah i so i think it it depends i mean if the story is good like you'll put up with more inconsistencies or like not technically correct bits Mm -hmm. um the first the most important thing is the story Mm -hmm.
1: um yeah trying to think uh it's probably gonna beep soon by the way <laughs> i gotta right, find we'll a way say it, to turn we'll, it off we'll, what we'll do we'll,
3: is we'll ignore it so yeah that when yeah people are watching this they're like they they don't even know it beeped because we've referenced it every time yeah, yeah. so far i'm like <laughs> sorry it's not sorry gonna be i apologize
1: for keep bringing that up we'll, yeah. like, it's probably not going to show up in the audio but uh yeah so i'm trying to think of what else uh so yeah, so what's that like when it comes to script review? I mean, what are some of the things you learn from from reading so many scripts there?
3: Um, <laughs> I just referenced it. <laughs> I it
1: just beeped. It beeped. It just
3: beeped. Um,
1: oh, there's got to be a, if there's no way to turn that I off. Tried I'll probably to, stop I tried. I tried to. This, but... I
3: tried to play it off, but it was so distracting. <laughs> I, I know. just My brain stopped. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, the this is. Yeah, the biggest thing I learned from working at a production company in which I did script coverage to restate your question, since they might forget after that aside, um, is that a lot of writing and a lot of writing that gets sent from writers who have presumably representation um, is not that good and it actually it just made me i like not to shit talk because these are obviously more successful people than i am but it it really like motivated me to be like okay like if i work hard i can i can get there because Mm -hmm. like i've i've written stuff that i feel like just is more compelling in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways than a lot of the a lot of the stuff we read now that being said we didn't pick up anything that was like the company didn't pick up any of the bad scripts mm-hmm. it's just i was at, at the same time just I had a lot that, of garbage yeah, being sent i had that moment i had the moment of like this is like a multi-million dollar production company like probably in like they have hundreds of millions of dollars of funding and like this is what agents from like wme and like uta like actual like representation uh agencies are like sending out like mm-hmm. that was just wild to me yeah um and it, it like gave me hope that like i can get there at some what point what was some
1: of the worst things you read there and uh, i mean I if you can to, remember if you don't want to bring it up i don't want
3: to like say specifically okay i mean i've read some i read some pretty some i mean generalities about it stuff i read some like that they're like there was a uh there was a. There's like a, there, there were some like anti hero. was like yours mine. I thought that was
1: mine. I um, can hear everything. <laughs> yeah.
3: There were some like anti hero, like superhero scripts that I was reading that were just like super meta to like, I don't know the. 2020 election all that kind of stuff and i'm like yeah i know we're all anti-trump right like but like it it, when it's done in such like an in your face like terrible way just like okay (laughs) i get it i get it um you could have done this a lot more subtly and better more well written um but they didn't and but they have they had professional representation and i didn't Mm -hmm. so you know
1: how do you get professional representation in terms of That's a being a good writer? Question.
3: I basically <laughs> the way I understand it works is kind of what I'm trying to do in a directing sense. Is like mm-hmm. you you make stuff or you write stuff that is you know, um, put on like like you were telling me about the the black list like oh, the yeah. um, it's like a kind of low level low-level writers send their projects to and this panel of people read the scripts and they pick the best ones and then you're on that year's blacklist or that season's blacklist the hollywood blacklist and then um Mm -hmm. a lot of those writers get representation when like someone from one of the agencies looks at the blacklist and goes oh this is this is a really good script like we'll reach out to him maybe he maybe we can like shop him or her, or whoever, oh, sorry. Um, we yeah. can shop their work around. Um, and then with directing, it's kind of the same thing of like, you basically just have to play at a film festival and hope that hope that there's an agent there that or a manager that sees it and they're like, oh, I want to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. It's such a crapshoot. That's why it's so difficult to yeah. get to that point. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're one of my professors in at temple told me when i was living in la he said you know the best the, they'll find you when you're ready like they're going to find you yeah and i believe if it if you if you put if you put yourself out there and you're super passionate and you're making good work and you have mm-hmm. a good plan on you know how to distribute that work and stuff like someone's going to find it eventually it could be on like sadly it could be 40 years but yeah, at yeah. some point it's like there's a lot of people out there a lot of a lot of bad stuff to weed through before you get to the good stuff
1: that's good that's a good points encouraging because yeah. i got yeah i gotta I'm, I'm i'm thinking about putting i haven't put in a film to a film festival in since my feeding the fire film but then i look back at that and i'm like i can see why i, I like like i i, I will I mean, it got in so- certain film festivals, mm-hmm. but I feel like I could do a much better job. Um, yeah. Like I could make a much better film. I've grown much more in, in filmmaking since then. And a lot of my friends have been lately just like, like, well, not just lately, but like for a while been telling me like, Tom, you're like, like you're doing stuff for, for stuff for the internet, for sketches or something that like is better than what I've seen in film festivals. And I'm like, that's depressing, actually. Yeah. Like I actually put a, a film.org ad out recently yeah. called, for writer directors, because right now, like, Real Oranges was one of the highlights of of my 2021. I enjoyed the fuck out of doing that film, even though it was for volunteer, mm-hmm. doing cinematography for it. That was that was one of my highlights, and I learned more about cinematography than I ever ever learned from anything else. Even all my films I've shot. Uh, if i if i did shoot him um because i was so completely focused on just that and i actually I was going to bring it up like if you need a cinematographer let me know i mean I, i've never shot a film though no. so I mean, if you want like it's a, a black so, like, using black yeah. magics like yeah. if you ever want to shoot someone with black magic, i'm for sure let's, let's do it man you know <laughs> i've been
0: trying to convince him to do more digital things because i agree i i like the concept it. of doing like film on film work um but it's sort of like what you said earlier. It allows you the opportunity to kind of like make mistakes and learn from it. For mm-hmm. sometimes, a lower budget because if you make yeah. a mistake on like film, you don't really get to see it till because it's developed. It's like so there's there's totally correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not. No, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Your Editor, or writer, or director. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> it's you, you got to ask yourself. You you know. Okay. You know, there's there's great things about films shot on film, and there's great things about sh- films shot on digital. Throw away the whole film versus digital argument for a moment and ask yourself what you put on, in front of the camera, whether it's shot on film or digital, mm-hmm. is what 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 about that makes it good? And yeah. that's what I always ask myself. And honestly, I've been shooting on Blackmagic Pocket 4Ks. Mm-hmm. For a while, and I'm probably gonna shoot my feature film on it. I've thought about whether I wanted to upgrade to like something like a, like the URSA 12K or something, or like everybody, like a lot of friends I have are getting the Komodo 6K, and I'm like, I, I I I like these cameras. Like I got, yeah. I have no, I'm still learning how to use these better. Yeah, like you I'm, don't need the URSA 12K. Yeah, yeah,
3: I, <laughs> it's a lot of pixels. It's I don't need the pixels for not that great an
1: image. <laughs> I just want a better, I just want a better dynamic range than what these have. But it's yeah. like. I'm fine with it like I'm like and also I don't like the idea that like there's p- this idea in my head it's like I'm shooting with an asterisk <laughs> like I'm my films are my these cameras are, are, are have an asterisk next to them of of, of, of cinema camera asterisk yeah because like limited in a little bit of a because way. they that people say like like the 13 stops of dynamic range whatever it's like it's and no time code so because if there's no time code it's not Netflix approved or some shit it's like you know if 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 Netflix or anybody likes my film They'll buy it, you know what I mean, if it's a good film. And so my thing is like, I mean, lately I've been improving my audio and whatnot and my lighting equipment. That's that's been my main focus. And then it's just getting better at using it and then getting a better color grading too. And I find that if I'm really good at those things, I can create an image that feels higher dynamic range than, you know, especially with soft lighting. Mm -hmm. Like That's why I love using that um i just you know I, I just i'm trying to figure out how do i make the best image in front of that sensor as i can and that's at the end of the day that's all i can do yeah. and if you do that and then and then you can do it a lot and get better at it. like hey if you need a cinematographer mike just let me know hit me up because I'm, I'm not i'm not kidding like i'm i'm right now i'm like i'm depressed by the fact that i put this ad out i put this i i love the ad i feel like i i feel like i i couldn't have, i don't know what i could have done better with the ad but like i basically explain my situation i'm looking to like shoot shoot as many films as possible even for, for volunteer like i like mm-hmm. it's a, i put it as a volunteer writer directors but i t- in the beginning of the ad i'm like it is vo- this is listed as volunteer but you're most likely going to own whatever we do you know mm-hmm. i'm just looking to shoot stuff for sure and narrative stuff mm-hmm. as a cinematographer because i find that i can learn the most from that and become a better filmmaker by that, And so I'm like trying to find those writer directors like I was in 2019 where I didn't really know much about cinematography and I was just mainly I, I just thought I would be like a writer director and maybe act in my films. And now I want to be a writer, director, act and, do, and shoot my films because <laughs> <I'm, laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find I, like I, I had so much trouble finding the right cinematographer. I had I worked with a cinematographer who told me how to change my entire film. And I listened for a while. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't like this. What we're making. Fuck this. I'm going to go m- another direction. And I worked with somebody who like I don't really uh, like I didn't really connect with very well, but they, you know, we did we, we did great work. And then, you know, I, I just had all these different relationships with cinematographers and and it's like i mean i i so i just got and i got to the point where i was like i'm so you know i'm i'm a perfectionist i'm or i want to try to not be perfectionist i'm a perfectionist who's trying not to be now um and i want to be but i i'm very hyper specific meaning i will go to the location and figure out every shot of my film and i'll review the shots that i have i'll have a lighting plan when I, i figure out the day that i go location scouting. I kind of figure out as much as I can and then I internalize it. And the day of I, you know, I fig I, I, I have the plan to a certain degree and then I just pivot things and I kind of shift the plan a little bit of how I light it and, you know, based on what I'm getting there, you know, what I'm getting in the environment. And that's, that's my process and I have a process and for me to find somebody who can do that as well as, as I can do it for it's going to cost me $500 a day at least. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's what people like, like uh, my friends, like my cinematographer friends are charging. I'm like, I can't do that. (laughs) Like I gotta, I, you know, I can't, like right now I'm trying to keep it low budget. And so I'm just going to be cinematographer on my, plus I enjoy it. Like I, it's so much fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Like I was saying, if you need a cinematographer, you (laughs) know, you know, work, with you. work with Copy you guys because i'm trying I'm, and if you know any writer directors or anybody who's like they need a cinematographer they're, they're a great writer but then again i'm gonna i am I will have to read the script and i will be honest about it like i told like as I, you should yeah like I i'm gonna so, yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm like a, i'm just but I, I i got like three submissions and one of them was somebody i heard about who i heard bad things about and i was like jeez this is not this is not going well like like but so you you we I, earlier we mentioned iphones like mm-hmm i've i used to always like like for a while i used to like hate and just like like loathe the idea of shooting stuff for instagram on iphone or something and not Mm -hmm. like and and i wanted to just post the most high quality stuff i could from my best cam or something Mm -hmm. now like for like when i'm posting bts i'm like pictures video like like with my phone i'm like all right hey guys get bts with your phones and whatnot because it's so fun to post that stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like now i'm now i'm starting like a private instagram page which i haven't really posted much to and i was planning to post more sooner um but like just bts bloopers and whatnot um and yeah i'm just like i it's it's fun to just use like whatever what what is the the saying um the best camera is the one that's that's in your pocket or or that's that's closest to you Mm -hmm. as long as you have a camera to take pictures even if it's not the best camera it's pretty good i don't know i had i had that written down here i just wanted to to bring that up but um i
3: actually kind of dis. i kind of i kind of i kind of don't like that saying and i'll tell you why <laughs> okay, because good. like i ag- i agree in the sense that like i would rather i have a phone in my pocket so if i'm at the grand canyon and i don't have anything else i'm going to take a picture with That's, my phone yeah. but like people use that to to defend like iphone made movies and stuff a lot of the time and i I don't like iPhone made movies because the ones that get popular are the ones that are using an iPhone, but still have budgets going over like four or five million Mm dollars. So like you could be making a good looking movie, but you're choosing not to for like. To 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 like lie to up and coming filmmakers that they can do this because like they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they don't have a grip truck with a twenty person crew and like M 18s blasting through the window to make the lighting look good. They have an iPhone and natural lighting. Like it's it just it's so fake to me. Like I yeah they no they, when you
1: put it that way yeah I agree. Uh,
3: so it 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 that 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 annoys me. Like mm-hmm. I I hate that directors think that's like a cool thing to do when like they mm. could have the most important thing is the story like uh, you need to have the good story and they're but and they all these iphone movies they're like yeah we have the good story see like we but so you can shoot it on anything and i'm like but you could be using a real camera package and it would look better but instead you're like trying to trick kids into like I don't know if they're trying to, tri- but
1: yeah, I got yeah. I think that's what I mean, it does though. That, it does like, do you, that. The
3: kids are when they when they when you can't make it look like that because you don't have all this extra equipment and gear, yeah, like you're gonna get discouraged. You're like, well, if if Sean Baker told me I could do it, like I why can't I? Like why aren't I good enough? Or who's the other? Oh, what's his name? Um, like the the guy who did like Ocean's Eleven and Twelve, um, Steven Soderbergh. Mm -hmm. he does iphone movies
1: too sometimes and
3: i'm like i i don't know i don't get it personally
1: no i i I see what you mean i i thought about it you know because i like the idea of shooting on like the best camera you can within your price within your budget you know um i mean that's i mean if you that's that's the most important thing it, it's whatever you can afford to shoot on mm-hmm. and if you can but if you so if you can't afford to shoot on like a fucking Arri Lexa or something it's like well, why not yeah you know what i mean or yeah. or, or some you know
3: I, there's very little reason like that not like not to like yeah. it, it's so it's it's not um on like these kinds of projects it's it's basically a negligible cost so i don't know why they're choosing to do an iphone like they don't have to mm-hmm. <laughs> they could be doing any other camera and if they want a small camera like you can get a small camera you could even use a black magic 6k or 4k or whatever and that'll get you basically everywhere that an iphone can get you mm-hmm. um but it's gonna look a hell of a lot better oh. yeah i think it's just for advertising like that's what it is yeah they want to really be able is. to say that they shot it on an
1: iphone the um what it was it was the there was a movie the kingsman or something the king's man the new yeah, one Yeah, the new one <laughs> <laughs> they uh they there was an article i saw where they were shooting on the pocket 6k pro or something yeah. i'm like oh cool but it's like i mean that's that's in, i mean it's to, is is it to that, was it was
3: it the a camera
1: i i had no idea it was for like fight scenes or something that's,
3: yeah I, makes they, sense I, yeah that, that, but that's that's valid and i think there's like there are certain situations where you need the pocket camera yeah.
1: um <laughs> we just put it <laughs> yeah uh how do I... yeah i think they just yeah, what did they call it because of the the original one was actually was pocket actually if, you small. Took the len- if you took the lens yeah, off <laughs>
3: you put, that camera was could... terrible also i used really? it um and the batteries lasted literally like five minutes oh, you couldn't if it's like you would watch it'd say like the battery would last 60 minutes and then you'd mm. press record and the time would like, just drain you'd watch it drain in real time it, it was more like 60 seconds um but it shot and it had a super 16 sensor so you had to get ridiculously you could only use like wide lenses on it yeah um
1: but so, yeah Elisa, when it, have you ever have you ever done any writing or anything?
0: Not really. No, I wish. I don't know. I wish I had better ideas behind writing, but um, it's a very different world to me. I, I can appreciate a lot yeah. of good writers and admire them, but um, I I took a dir oh not a directing class, um, like a narrative production class, mm-hmm. and I took it because I was like, oh cool, I get to like produce a narrative film, but then. My professor was like, okay, now you have to write it, direct it, and produce it. And it was like, I only wanted to do one out of three of those things. (laughs) So I wrote not even like a whole page of like dialogue and was like, we're just going to run and gun it. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. It, i just can't come up with like is it is it do you what
1: what do you want to do you want to it's
0: something i'm really interested in but i don't think not at the moment i don't think i have a lot of life experience that would lend me Mm -hmm. um interesting and dynamic perspectives in writing
1: it i don't even think it's i think that's i've heard that before about life experience it's like well we all have experience with something Mm -hmm. it's you know it's I think i think that's that can often be an excuse and that I is mean, and but, i mean
0: even as like acting is like my primary focus mm-hmm. and like hope um for a career but i'd argue like most actors like older actors to me at least um i don't know because they have more life experience sometimes it seems more authentic but so I guess it's a little hypocritical of me to use that argument for writing when I'm interested in acting.
1: <laughs> well, if you you know, here's the thing: like, if as long as you can come up with a story that's real to you, it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be some big like adventure thing or something that a lot of people mm-hmm. you know with more experience will probably have. And and here's the thing: um, I feel like by making films. By 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 getting started, if uh, you know, like I, I encourage. Here's the thing with actors. I oh, I feel, I believe that if an actor wants to really solidify their chances, write and direct yeah. too. Like like mm-hmm. write and direct and act in your own film. Write and direct and act and produce produce a project.
0: Yeah, and no. And I mean, I think also that's really beneficial because I have like. Um, A lot of friends that I guess like that are like transgender and they don't Mm -hmm. get the roles that they want to like be cast in um, Mm -hmm. just because I think Hollywood and um, I don't know Broadway have a lot of really preconceived roles of what people should look like with certain characters. So they've taken it upon themselves to like write and direct their own things and write parts that they would want to play. And I think I really encourage that. And I think that's awesome because. And know. it sort of breaks, like, it breaks the binary and it breaks, like, what we have, like, our current associations with, like, this person should look like this. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, you shouldn't judge a book by a cover. Exactly. Again, like a cliche saying, but I, I don't know. I really like to see people that do write their own things because, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it because, helps y- you, yeah, like, express to... what you want to. But I just, I don't know. I like sort of being guided in mm-hmm. a way with, like, listening to other writers' stories and, like, listening to... These other people's experiences. So I get to sort of live through them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm writing my own stories, I've already lived this. Why do I want to experience it again? Maybe. My I, I,
1: I, I <laughs> mean, it's 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 not just things that you've experienced, but it's also it can also be things that you're experiencing at the moment that are most interesting to you. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm dealing with if I'm trying to grapple with something at the moment. That is the most interesting thing to me at the moment. I've like like my the f- the flashlight of my attention is on it, mm-hmm. you know. So to say, it's that is and, and fixation exactly. And it's like you you're you're trying to grapple with that, and it can actually be helpful or beneficial, or or especially if it's something that you're like that is an advancement of you as a person mm-hmm. to get better at something, um, like like uh, like uh, especially if it's like an interpersonal thing you know if there's something that you like there's something about you that you feel is a weakness that you're like why don't i like like if only i could just do this you know in life
0: It's it seems like a good means of confronting that but it is again like kind of circling back to i I, I think maybe i'm just lazy i i hate sitting in <laughs> front of a screen like even writing essays i'm like at a 400 word essay it's like i just can't do it I can't do it. And then I'll like bang it out in 20 minutes when it's like due at 1159. Set but, a timer.
1: Set Yeah. You, this is what I do when I'm writing. I set a timer for an hour. No more. Yeah. And if I if I fill that page within that hour. Great. Yeah. If I don't. No, 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 no pressure.
0: But I think what I really love, like with working on other people's mm-hmm. scripts. And again, this could just be me being lazy and avoiding <laughs> writing for as long as I can. Um I think it's really interesting to see where I can like personalize these scripts and characters and make mm-hmm. it more sincere to me. And I think that's a way that I can sort of confront a lot of issues or memories or things. Yeah, the acting that is really therapeutic. To. It is. It yeah, is
1: like I did. So my film feeding the fire was this film about like a guy trying to break out of the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> and, Classic. and so I, but at the time, like I found myself stuck there a lot and, nowadays because I did that film because of how it changed me I always confront that if I have feeling for somebody I I will tell them and it's like yeah I move on after that and and I didn't know that for years that if you tell somebody if you like if you like just are honest about it you're able to move on mm-hmm. I didn't know that for years and I was always stuck there thinking that the worst would happen if I confronted it and so I was like 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 that was a huge thing for me and 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 because i did that film like it was a way for me to kind of realize that reality and i was like okay yeah yeah you just just gotta fucking say something and then move on and then <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that's that's why i love acting so much i i feel like i'm a very like neutral person unfortunately mm-hmm. in real life I, I feel like i have a lot of regrets like oh i wish i hadn't not like sat this thing out i wish i did this thing or i wish i didn't do this thing mm-hmm. but i guess um at least like playing these characters and investing in these stories for me it's a way to sort of either preemptively like prevent myself from creating this regret or at mm. least combating the current regrets or um other wishes that I wish I had i don't know it, it's just really interesting and yeah. fun living other people's lives
1: okay so yeah so so it's it's more of like you're able to kind of you, you f- so you find like you're able to get pers- like it, it's it's a personal thing to to you know live out somebody else's what's what somebody else writes and whatnot
0: yeah that and i mean um just like how i interpret um the character i'm given it's Mm -hmm. i don't know i've had some roles that i feel like it's cliche to say i know but like i really have learned a lot from this character and so i'll make sure to not do what they did Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i don't want to end up in a similar situation to them yeah um Mm -hmm. and i know it's maybe superficial to say that but i think when you really spend a lot of time thinking of a character and trying to resonate what they're teach like resonate or digest like what they're teaching you, mm. um, there is a lot of life to that or like a lot of sincerity to like being like, oh, acting taught me life lessons. I don't know. I know I was very skeptical when I was younger before I got into acting, but um, I don't know. There's been a lot of truth to that that mm. I've learned recently and I'm I'm very appreciative of it
1: yeah I, I guess for me i'm always like the reason why i like writing and like i the reason i like acting is I, I usually i haven't acted in somebody else's film before i've i've only acted in my own films now i i've i have i've like i've like prodded like kevin Ostra. i'm like hey, hey man if you ever need like an actor <laughs> i'm like like uh, just let me know um i don't know if you, you any of you know kevin Ostra. do you i don't no. oh, okay the, he he, he's uh he was on my podcast uh, a few episodes ago but he's a uh, he's a writer director but he's he started as an actor and he uh wasn't getting casted in things that he wanted to play like he would always get casted as like the the sidekick hmm. and and uh and he just kind of made peace with that and then but then he he like he would never get nobody would ever cast him as like a serial killer or something and or or some kind of like oh, no. any, or the lead in a romance or something yeah, it, yeah and he started doing that and and it's like i don't know if i don't know if the, he said it was the lead of a romance he did but like he nobody would cast him as those things mm-hmm. and but when you as a writer you you know yourself and this is where this is where like it's important that you tell your story or you tell your story or i tell my story it's like or a story that's real to you. It doesn't have to be a, your story, but it has to be a story that resonates with you more than I, I than, 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 well, as well, well, probably more than anything because it's y- coming from your voice. Yeah. And, and your interest. Yeah. Yeah. When you write that thing, that is something that grab it. You gravitate towards, and you're always going to gravitate towards it if you write it. Um, Cause that's the only thing you can write is what you're interested in. When you write that, you're able to play it in a way that is just so it's it's personal it's it's like you you're just you're able you're able to play a character that nobody sees you playing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and and so you never you you, if you get typecast the way out of that is to write and direct that's why I always recommend that to actors because it's I look at acting I'm like you have to go to all these auditions and just keep going and going and going and it's like
0: but I think that's a good way of kind of well, OK, I guess I would argue audition the repetitions versus you're putting repetitions like, um, of, of, yeah, of and doing it's it. a good exercise. I'd argue. But.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I I'd, I'd agree with that because I, I did hear this uh, casting person talk about how, you know, think of it not, not as like you want the role. Just you're there to put in. It's the process. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. It's like writing. It's like showing up and, and, you know, putting in the hours the time in front of the page. At, at auditioning is like a process and exactly as yeah. long as you see the growth in it and you look for the ways of of, of getting better at what you do with it mm-hmm.
0: and I, I find that personally very exciting um i know i know the casting process can be really exhausting but um i'm always very humbled and flattered when people invite me to audition for a project mm-hmm. regardless of like its scope um and i always try to take it, like a new lesson out of that but i don't know i sometimes i wonder like i'm i don't have like formal representation and i'm very new to acting so there's always a lot to be learned mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm not sure if i'm the best person to even like argue or give advice on this <laughs> no i mean <laughs> but well, um, if you're ever, i think it's yeah, acting, yeah if, you if always want to learn and i think it's really exciting to have New auditions and projects to get to learn these things from.
1: Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're ever like in that point where you're like, because I feel like I hear this from actor. This is what all actor friends of mine have been starting to tell tell me. It's like that they just don't, aren't finding roles that they want to play. It's like, or they're not getting cast, in, or or they're not there aren't roles for them. Or it's it's like I tell them like, and I say this because out of selfishness, because just partly selfishness, but it's really I do want to see them succeed. It's like, but part ofly part of it is like I want. I want people to like, I want to work with people who want to write and direct and and act in their own films. And I want to help shoot that film. I want to Mm -hmm. be able to work on that. You know, it's like, I'm always, so I'm always encouraging people. Like, even like I'm trying to like talk with a lot of actors right now and, and just figure out who I can work with for new projects, short films, or, or like, um, what is it like, or my, for my feature. And it's like, uh, and I have a weird casting process where I reach out to them and I'm like, Hey, you want to have a phone call? Like I'm looking for actors to, You know, and it's kind of a reverse acting pro like uh, thing. It's like I don't have the thing; I cast the project to you. You know, Mm -hmm. I I look Mm -hmm. for the actors and I create a network in my head of who I've talked to, actors. You know, I've seen their work. I've I've talked with them. I know their personality. When I'm writing a script, and I'm like, who do I have? Oh, this person can play this character, and I start writing in their voice. And if they don't want to do it, it's fine. I mean, but it helps me put a limitation on that character when I'm writing it, Mm -hmm. and and so. That's been my my process lately. Um, plus, it's it's fun to just you know talk with actors and and people, and get to meet them and network. But um
4: yeah,
1: uh, like I but I always reckon I always tell them I always bring it up. It's one of the things I've always bring up. It's like, do you write? Like like do you ever or have you ever considered writing? It's like, or, or writing and directing or doing your own project because it's like that's those are really fun people to work with because mm-hmm. like and the fact that you you produced the the close seams thing. It's like that's. Uh, anytime somebody takes the initiative to like make something it reflects in who they are and it and it, it and it changes who they are um and i'm always yeah so i'm always i don't mean to pressure anybody to like but i'm like i'm always encouraging people i'm like do it do it do it yeah, because yeah.
0: yeah. it's something i'm interested writing sorry
1: i'm all jittery I'm because it's so cold in, down here It is. i, I don't know, know why i wear shorts <laughs> i
3: was gonna say you also i i i like if you if you want to write, like you definitely should write. I one one thing I appreciated, like one thing I think is great about, uh, Lisa's producing on Closed Seams is like I think you're a very wonderful like curator in a way, and like we've talked about how like in a way directing is like just curation. Yeah not actually doing anything like it's not you, you just approve whether something's good or bad you're like yeah that'll work no that's not gonna work but like <laughs> in a way like you that's how you pro, that's how you produce i feel in a lot of ways and it It. you're not afraid to say when i like show you an edit or something like hmm, this isn't good or like you need to change this bit and like i think that that in it that, that in its own way is like writing and that's 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 creating it's it doesn't have to necessarily always be like you don't have to be a writer to be a good a good like filmmaker there's there's tons like spielberg doesn't really write anything mm-hmm. he's just a director mm-hmm. um but not that's not to stop anyone from writing i, yeah, I would it, i
1: would argue it's like uh, I, my favorite filmmakers are writer directors because it's yeah. like it's person. the freaking beep over time it's personal to them yeah and i'm i'm gonna figure something out with that that's funny (laughs) gosh uh it's just like it's like it's you're not expecting it it throws you off um sorry to the audience um (laughs) yeah i did want to touch i didn't touch on the um the the fundraiser you guys had like Mm -hmm. yeah like what so what was your what was the process and what was the what what was the kind of the things you did with that yeah we we could talk about that Yeah.
0: well, well, um, with a marketing background mm-hmm. and also analytics, I was like, oh, this is easy. I can do it. But um, I think I realized or we both realized um, it's a little embarrassing to me to continually self-promote <laughs> my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking to a lot of the statistics behind fundraising. And like one of the biggest ones was like projects that have videos or like other promotional materials that are like visual. Um I don't know. They tend to do better. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think just very off the bat, I asked if we could shoot something like in my bedroom quick, like just to use as like a promotional trailer of sorts. Um, And so I cut that together and showed it to you and you were like, "Okay, we can use that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it it was sort of we did Indiegogo and I really like the idea of creating like physical items mm. that people that are interested in our film can take away, whether it be like stickers or posters or like signed stills or something. Um, I think that's a way to, I don't know, like imagine phew, you have someone at your house and they see like one of our stills and they're like, oh, what's that? You explain it to them and if they have any interest in film, maybe, maybe we'll be lucky and they'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a way of just like subtly promoting your work and I don't know, at least getting it into people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see people I haven't seen for a while and they're like, oh, how's Closed seems? I'm like, I'm honored you even remembered the name of the project <laughs> to, be, to be completely candid. Um, but yeah, I I'd never tried fundraising before. I think, and I'm sorry, I feel like I've been rambling. I'll let you get no, over it no, in no, a no, second. Good, but I, <laughs> I, I feel like one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to kind of more aggressively self-promote to make it work. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that did that and they like completed their campaign goals. Um, but I think we didn't have as much like reference or like real mature, ma- <laughs> real material as we would have liked to have mm-hmm. um, to like provide on our fundraiser to be like, oh, look, this is what we did. So yeah. you know, we'll have something <laughs> good to present to you in the end. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. having personal real material and also kind of more... Um, more self promotion, unapologetically. Yeah. Unfortunately, is something that would be really valuable f- for future campaigns. Do
1: you have any other like recommendations on things to do? Because I'm I'm right now I'm like I'm planning to do a few uh, like a fundraiser for my project. Um, I'm I'm thinking actually about doing it like either halfway or majority of the way through the filming. Mm-hmm. That could um, be a good idea. And because uh, there is a project that my friend was first AD on um, where it's called stream and they 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 basically raised up to hundred twenty thousand dollars wow and their goal was 35 grand but they have 120 grand i think you should be
0: asking them for advice yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah,
1: i'd love to interview them. that would be a great idea um but like like it's they but the thing was they had shot 90 percent of the film already by the time they did the fundraiser
0: yeah no and that's very promising like again like I feel like just being in business analytics makes me like a very statistical person sometimes, but overarchingly, like the more you have to show for a project and I don't know, like promise on behalf of its quality, um, the more inclined people will be to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also have to have like a lot of personal like interpersonal connections. I think yeah, with like yeah. these sort of fundraising websites, not a lot of people that are we. I think we only had two donors that we didn't know personally. Yeah, again, we weren't like posting it to other websites. It was really kind of a smaller campaign, just like we would have on our Instagram. That's why stories I feel like when I go
1: to do mine, it's like it's gonna get like five dollars. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I don't
1: that's know. the fear, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that'd be so embarrassing, but it'd probably, yeah. it'd probably happen.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it'll go well, but I think, yeah, just the unapologetic like self promotion, it's like physically painful because I don't know. I just I never want to be that guy. But don't want to um,
1: ask for more money. Like, I, I guess the
0: right. worst thing that'll happen is people will just swipe to the next story. You know. Yeah. So why not?
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah. I I feel like uh, you you. You, you have nothing to worry about because you're, you're super humble. You're super like, like, you're not you, like, like you're, you're, you're the one who's always like listening to people and, and, and it's like, like they want to hear what you have to say more. You know what I mean? Like you, there's you, you're, you're like, I think that's like, and that i like that, I would even argue that like, if, like, if you're looking for something to write about, like, it's somebody who a character who's like that, like, cause who's like yourself. Um, who needs, who's in a situation where they, they have to face that, that they have to confront that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, that that's just my, my brain, my writer brain, like thinking yeah. about like things like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, like, like my, my, an example is my friend, um, Madison who she, she wrote, she, I, she wrote her first short film a little while ago, um, for some stupid, uh, some other project that was really stupid. They wanted to. They, they read it and they were like, "Oh, we want to do it all on Zoom." And it was like some. It was the theme was office um, short films or something office related, yeah. and they're like, oh, "This is great on all, but like, can we do it on Zoom?" I read the script. I'm like, "Fuck, finally somebody wrote a good fucking script," and I'm like, "Like, great." and she and and I'm like how did like how did you actually like write this like like or it's like like and she's like oh I don't know I just, like I just had an ending like I just or like I thought about the entire thing before I wrote it I'm like yeah. that's exactly it. that's how I do it like you think about the entire project before you write anything and and she like and she wrote a good but it's and it, and and I analyzed it and I'm like I'm trying to to know how to direct it and uh I I was like I noticed how the character there's a moment where, sorry, I'm like shivering now because <laughs> it's so cold. you just so here. moved by the yeah, no, story. It's, yes, I'm moved. <laughs> it's like it, she is and she's going to play this character. Um, so I, I, that's that's and that's what I've that's the best, ex- the best experience I've had from my acting is when I get to play a character that is based on one of the flaws I wrote in every character who I write a flaw about. You know, there's there's some truth to that in me. And so that's but then again, you know what? You're right. It's like that's true of any character that you're playing, anything that anybody else writes. So I don't know because I, I've never I, I've never acted in anybody else's project. So I could be I, I could act in somebody else's project someday. I'll be like, what did I, why did I just say all that shit to Lisa about like try, writing your own <laughs> like playing your own characters? It's like this is fun, no, too. There, there's
0: value to both. Uh, obviously, I, I, yeah. I, I wanna, And neither of us yeah. have answers. Acting is always a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And but I, I think that's the joy of it. You're always learning and you always mm-hmm. have something to look forward to
1: so yeah but uh I don't know how I got into that but um <laughs> real quick did uh so we're at like the point where I usually stop just to save files and then we can if you guys want to continue for a bit um or That's like do perfect, it I have
0: to use the yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so we'll stop for and um, take a break and then we'll continue uh if you want to do it for like another like hour or so or whatever you're able to do and yeah, do it, sure. and that'll be like a second part uh, so, or a second yeah. episode
4: I'm not gonna-